I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. We are back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Not a bad round of football, Boxhead. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, it was still a little bit dodgy with the origin period, obviously. But, uh, yeah, nice to have seven games rather than four. And I guess we had to get over the origin hangover, and we're now looking forward to game three. Yeah, well, you're right. There was about ten players that missed, and in particular, I think Melbourne had four that they pulled out. But I thought some of the teams that were affected actually dished up some pretty good football. So... Yeah, um, two different situations for that Melbourne side. Got the job done. Those young kids a week before you know, the highs of winning in Golden Point, and this week they learnt the opposite harsh lesson and the realities of losing in Golden Point. But uh, starting off, set of six, tackle one for this one, the Jonathan Thurston injury. That's probably the big one. Done for the rest of this season. Uh, came back probably prematurely in the first place with the grade of tear. I think it was a labrum tear. Uh, played his way through. I reckon he was lucky to be 60 percent before he even played that game, but. Uh, Frizzell aimed up on him, busted him, and now he's going to have surgery probably out for at least six to eight months. Yeah, well, watching Origin, it comes as no surprise. But then post that, even Thurston said himself uh, in an injury, uh, sorry, in an interview on Sunday, said that it felt good the day after. He, he could lift his arm above his head and thought, well, I'm going to be all right to play the rest of the year. But uh, obviously it hasn't worked out that way. And disappointing, disappointing from... A few standpoints, because I think it effectively ends the Cowboys' chances of winning the competition, and it takes away from what would have been an epic decider. Not that it's going to be any more or less, uh, any less epic, I I guess, without him, Uh, but it would have been nice to see him go out in his rep swan swan song up there at home, probably losing. I would have preferred if he he had a losing finish, but I don't think he deserves to finish like this. He's he's going to miss the World Cup as well. At the same time, he made this choice. He really wanted to play this game, I think, to save the series. I'm pretty sure he would have known himself he was lucky to even play that game. Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't think his arm looked 100% the week before when he played in that Parramatta game, but I think he's got himself back in there trying to help out uh, you know, obviously Queensland and save things. And if that's the last impact he has on rep football, I think it's a pretty good one. He won the game for him with some clutch goal kicking. He battled out for about 60 minutes with his arm hanging. Um, you know, he fought on. But I'm more disappointed from the Australian point of view because I would have really liked to see him finish up in the World Cup. And at the same time, I think it was also... They say the doctors cleared him and all was well and good. I think he knows himself that he wasn't all good. Yeah. So I'm disappointed that he chose to play game two instead of get healthy... Um, probably scratched the season or at least come back when he was finished, the eight to 12 weeks he probably needed for the initial injury for the Cowboys. Because let's be honest, the Cowboys weren't winning the comp even with him missing Scott and a couple of the guys have already no, lost. No, we wouldn't think so. So this is more, I think, his choice. They let him make it, but I think he made the wrong one. Mm. I would have rather him see him 
finish up with the Cowboys even if it was later in the year, maybe a week or two in the finals and play for Australia. But he's obviously uh, fallen on his sword for Queensland, kept things alive, had a great impact in his last game. But I'll just throw this out there. 2018, last season, this is a big surgery. He's had multiple already. If he's lucky enough to survive next year, because um, that's going to be a big question because he's already had multiple and he is a bit older. Well, that's why I like the fact he's just bit the bullet, go yeah, and get the surgery. It has to get done. Yeah. But if this pays off next year, I'm going to say they do have a legitimate chance because if Scott comes back healthy, McLean turns up to help him out, the way Bolton's chipped in this year, and now you've got a one-two punch with Hess and Tamalolo who are mm. still kicking on. Again, a lot of hypotheticals. Oh, no, I know. I'm a, saying both him and Scott are both going to come back. Look forward to next year. Left. Not just Scott, he has help again. He's going to have McLean yeah. next to him. Hess has emerged as a rep player with Tamalolo. All things paying dividends next year. They're going to have a great forward pack again. Hmm. Um, so hopefully his shoulder is good and all those guys come back and the new trips can steady the ship for one last run. Yeah. Tackle two. Uh, speaking of Queensland, obviously Boyd out as well. So realistically, looking at their side, a 5 8 and a centre. Um, people throwing out plenty of theories. Daly Cherry Evans, this, that, and the other. Kevy Walters somehow mentions Moses and Bai's name. Give yourself a triple. Um, but let's be honest. I think as much as people have mentioned Morgan, he has been on the bench, they're going to pick a utility regardless. I think he's too good in that utility role, even though I wouldn't have one. So I think that the logical choice, whether you agree or not, was Munster was 18th man. He would probably be my sixth because then it's the Storm spine. Yeah. Um, and I'd leave Morgan as is, but at the same time, or, now, that, now they're missing. I, I agree with that. Or you know, I'd just flip that. I'd play start Morgan and have Munster as my utility. Well, that's, you could go one or the other. But, I think that's, to me, they'd be the dollar one and dollar two favourites. I, I can't see him picking Cherry Evans. I also think that Munster can take the centre spot, though, because he's played there for okay, Melbourne, and point. I wouldn't bring back O'Neill. No. And my other... Gagai to centres and yeah, play Oates. Oates. That was yeah. my other choice because I thought his axing was pretty harsh in the first place. But bringing it all together, people were going, well, how can you swap one for the other? Well, it's pretty easy to swap one for the other. It's the Melbourne spine in place. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. But at the same time, Morgan uh, has proven himself as a number six running the football. But I don't know if he plays as well outside of Cronk. As Who are their does. options? other options at centre? Well, the other options at centre, I don't think there is many. I think Munster would probably be the one I bring in because there's O'Neill uh, in the backline stocks, and I'm then you're, think. you're looking at other players. There, they're very light on. Like Gago Chambers are already in. There's O'Neill, Copley's a Queenslander, but he's no. not going to get in. No. Latelli, no, Moga. no, it's either going to be Munster will play there or Gago will have to shift there. Well, the other thing and they'll is play, uh, they'll play Oates, and that's the other thing that leans me towards. They yeah, could. you want to get them all in the side. Yeah, but this leans me towards the other theory, which is if they're not happy, they're not going to play Morgan there because people have gone, Morgan can play them. Like, Munster will play centre before Morgan does. So yeah, if Gagai is not going there for Oates, it would be Munster. Mm. And I still think if that happens, that would mean that either Cherry Evans or Norman would be playing six and they'd leave Morgan as a utility. Well, I, I, I don't see Corey Norman getting a run. Neither do I. I and I, I, like, I would have had I like him at the Norman, start of it all, but I don't think they're going to do that. But I don't think they're going to do that now. No. Uh, so I think that ship sailed. It's Cherry Evans or it's Munster, basically. Yeah. So you, could you pick? You could pick Cherry Evans, play Munster at centre, keep Gagai on the wing, and then have Morgan on the bench. I, to me, I, I lean on. You know where I lean. I lean in that I just wouldn't have a utility. I wouldn't either. But yeah. you know they're going to pick one. That's why. For me. I don't think it's worked at all having uh, Michael like Morgan it. come into the middle of the field and play against his New South Wales pack. The only saving grace for Queensland is that New South Wales laid one of the biggest eggs you've ever seen in that second half and just went away from their forward-based game plan. 
I don't think Michael Morgan can handle playing lock against this Ford pack from New South Wales on a dry track up there in Queensland. Whether Kevin Walters can now justify making that decision based on the fact that they won game two, I'm not too sure. I, I tend to lean your way. I, I like our side. That's good. I'd pick Munster. I just... Cherry Evans. Munster goes straight into the centres for me. Cherry Evans goes into the halves. Keep Morgan on the bench as a utility. Yeah. But for me, I'd probably lean more to just starting Morgan, scrapping the utility, and having Munster at centre and just not having well, Cherry I, Evans there. If, but Cherry if, Evans is red hot form too. That's what I mean. But it's it begs the question. They're saying there's no, uh, you know, rift or any problems with him. But if he's there not, is. there has to be because it hasn't even been mentioned of his name. He mentioned Moses bloody Imbai before he mentioned Cherry Evans for Christ's sake. He's been in all those rep sides. He's the highest paid half in the comp for all this hoot heart, and clearly there's got to be some kind of issue. And again, it's, it was shown last time, and I think that's the other reason why they may not look at him, and that's a more logical reason. Him and Cronk didn't work. Mm. And he played with Thurston a couple of times as well, and that didn't work. So he's kind of played a little bit with both, and it, I don't know. I think Cherry Evans needs to run, run the ship. Well, next year he'll probably get his chance. Oh, next year, I can't see Cronk going around again. Thurston's not going to go around again. So no, Queensland are going to be looking for new halves. Yeah. So whether you keep Morgan as your utility or whether you slot him in with Cherry Evans, I'm not too sure whether that would work. But I think Cherry Evans, if you're looking long-term, is probably going to get his real big shot next year when he's going to be able to own that position. Well, if he was going to be a seven, I still think Norman's my long-term six, and I'd leave... Uh, They're very similar players, but for me... I, yeah, but I think that Norman's got better at being a game manager and he's got a good kicking game now. And I yeah, think that Cherry Evans has also got a, got a really good kicking game. So I think they could kind of work. But they'd be a good a pair of running halves, that's for sure. Yeah. But if you're asking me, you know they're going to keep the utility. If they're going to keep the utility, I leave Morgan there. Yeah. Morgan does that job way too well. I don't start him. And I'd either play Munster at six or Cherry Evans. And if that was going to be the case, if Munster was going to be playing centre for me, and Cherry Evans at six. If not, if Munster's at six, I'd be more inclined to bring Oates back, like we said, push Gagai to the centre okay. and leave Morgan on the bench. Yeah. Um, I think Munster suits that arena. He breaks tackles. He's got a real good balance. He's I, I, I can't believe how good he's been, to be honest. And every time I watch him, I'm kind of in awe. I'm really happy he's at Melbourne. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and on the weekend, again, playing at six, he's got the right balance between run and pass. He threw a couple of nice try assists. And then he's, he doesn't look like he's moving sometimes. He just breaks tackles. He's just strong. Yeah. And he's tough, and you need to be for that arena. Tackle three, uh, we've got Manly, and, you know, they've surprised a lot of people. A lot of people probably wouldn't have them the eight. They've developed nicely, really good spine. Trebojevic brothers, Tapau stepped up. Fanua Blake's been pretty good, etc. But are they legitimate? And if not, moving forward, you could make a case they're going to be legitimate because they're missing $1.5 million out of their cap this year because Matt and Stewart can't get on the field and they can't get that money back. Mm. Who have they bought but for next year? Oh, that's the thing. I don't know if they've made a whole lot of moves. I haven't looked so much at contracts moving forward. Uh, I think they're moving on, obviously. Nate Miles frees up a little bit more money. Yeah, they'd have to have close to almost two mil and on the cap. Obviously, there might be a couple of upgrades. I know they back-ended deals to Walker and Tapau, but that's not going to eat up as much as what people think. No. Uh, so um, even if you said worst case, you got a mil. Still, a couple of good players you could buy for that. You could do something with your squad. Are they legitimate this year? I think on form at the moment, you have to consider them as legitimate. Do I think that they'll be able to beat Melbourne, Roosters, Sharks on best form at the end of the year? No. No. But that's now. I'm saying that now. Uh, We've seen teams rapidly improve from the middle of the season post-origin into the finals. And momentum does funny things. So if I'm a Manly fan, I am hopefully optimistic I would say, uh, but 
for me, I look at Melbourne and just go, wow, like, even with their depth on the weekend, the Roosters are only missing Cordner and Tokiaho, and Melbourne were all over them with their, basically their second side uh, and probably should have won the game, but the Roosters were good enough to brilliantly come back and win. I, I look at them and just go, like, it's, someone's going to have to be exceptional to beat them on their day. And, and look, it's only going to take either grand final day or a preliminary final for someone to knock Melbourne off, and that's... That's very, very possible. We know that. Uh, there's probably been years there where Melbourne have lost preliminary finals when they've been streaks away the best side. I can think of a couple of occasions they lost to the Warriors one year. Uh, well, they lost to the Warriors that year. In, when they were, Yeah, that was in the 1v8, wasn't it? No, that, Final? Was, that was like 06. Oh, yeah. No, that was 08. Oh wait, when they got hammered oh, by Manly. Yeah, the and then final. that threw them into a different spin. But they were the best side that year. Then Smith got suspended. They went to the yeah, game final. So, got smashed. You know, the finals is a whole different competition, but for me at the moment, Manly, uh, well, what are they on? Nine wins? Nine wins, six losses? So at the moment, they they haven't cemented a spot, that, but they're going to have to win three of the, their last nine, which looks pretty likely. You'd think any any team that needed to win three out of nine should be able to do so. Obviously, the more games they win, the further up the table they will finish. For me, if I'm Manly... Priority number one is to finish in the top four. If we can jag a top four spot, get two bites of the cherries, you'd be very disappointed if you didn't get to a preliminary final. And if I'm a Manly fan and we get to a preliminary final, anything can happen. Anything can happen. It gives you a crack at those bigger sides. And the thing we talked about... And look, last year I didn't rate Manly, and a lot of people were pissed off at me at the start of last year because they didn't have a six. They were playing Dylan Walker at six, and it wasn't going to work. And they had had Stewart and Maddow and a lot of these older dudes... um, that were just dragging the chain and weren't up to it. The form of Tom Trebojevic has, hasn't shocked me, but the, the rate of his improvement and the rate of his development is phenomenal to the point where I think Laurie Daly's almost going to be forced to pick him on the wing for New South Wales. I, I'd punt Morris and pick Trebojevic. But then you look at Jake Trebojevic, how well he played when he went onto the field, how well those two have taken Manly forward. The form of Apisai Coruscant has been good. He's filled that nine void that they've sort of had. They had to let go of Parcel and Ballon, obviously. Tapau has cleaned up Tap his game. He's well. been exceptional. Yeah, and then they found Green, who's just a stabilising half for Cherry Evans, who yeah. just does those little things that... And it was no slight from me last year on Dylan Walker as a person or no, a he's player. he good this year. He was out of position. He's a centre. Yeah. Uh, mm. So I really like Manly side. And the other thing is that I think they're playing with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. They look happy. There's a lot of those, yeah. There's a lot of those little intricacies that you need to go right. They do look really good, Manly. Can they win it? If you said to me, gun to the head, I'd say no. No. But. They're legitimate. Bloody oath they are. They're legitimate. Beating Sharks at Shark Park is no mug win. They're 6-0 on the road. There you go. You're winning on the road, you're doing something right. And the other thing for me is the test of a good team is reviving players. Matt Wright's been a journeyman. He's been good coming in for injuries the last couple of weeks, and he played well at fullback. You got Uarte back to playing some decent football. Curtis Sieran and I absolutely ragged on last year, basically saying the only reason he's been playing is because of his dad. He got pushed out of that club. He went to Manly, and I said, "Well, this is his last chance, really." Yep. And he did his pack. Make your own, make your own boat. And he's been outstanding this year. Unfortunately, he's got yeah. injured, and I feel bad for him because he's been playing good football. But all those guys that have gone there—that's the other side of a good team. When those kind of players all turn it around, so yeah, uh, it's all come together somewhat this year. The only thing is, we said at the start of the year again, they don't have a lot of depth because of the money that's tied up in those few players. So. If they stay healthy, um, you know, they could push for a top four spot. Yeah. Tackle four, and this is your one. Basically, just wanted to talk about Mitchell Pearce and the circumstances again. (laughs) 
Uh, we did lose that game. Everyone's pointed to Pierce again. There's been no blame on Maloney despite stupid penalties, missed tackles, and just the New South Wales team in general. Everyone's pointing the gun at Pierce and the stupidity. I've, I've got to bring it up before you get on. Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again to everybody out there. Everyone keeps going. Oh, if we lose, you move on. And we move, and who do you move on to? And everyone goes, anyone but him. Who are you picking? Hodkinson we won a series with. He's playing New South Wales Cup. Uh, Josh Reynolds is a makeshift half. He's not a seven. They won a series. Cronk was out been, that he's year. He's also been injured. Yeah, but even him, he's not a legitimate half. He's not even a six. He's a made-up half. And then you've got Adam yeah, but okay. Re- so you're going to pair. You're going to pair Reynolds with Maloney. But this is what I'm getting at. All the replacements and everyone, everyone wants to bring up Reynolds, who played last year. Adam Reynolds is held together by duct tape. He's barely played club football this year, and he hasn't played well. We can keep going. Who for New well, South Wales is going to come three, in? If there's three, it's Adam Reynolds, it's Maloney, and it's Pierce. And based on that performance the other night, if I was dropping one half, it'd be Maloney, not Pierce. Based on what I saw out of Origin, that's my opinion, my humble. However, the rate at which Maloney misses tackles and gives away penalties is horrendous, particularly in an Origin arena where they are amplified to no no end. Like it's it's the it's the one arena where you can't afford to be giving away rubbish penalties. And missing tackles. Uh, so for me, the slide on Pierce is terrible. I, I don't think he's getting a lot of help. I don't think Jake Friend's had a particularly good year at the Roosters. He's been solid, but he hasn't been as dynamic as he has been in the past. Luke Keary, for me, has gone missing over the last month to six weeks. Mitchell Pierce basically had to grab that team and, and have his hands on the ball in every play, in every set of six aside from a few forward lanes, uh, for that last final 20 minutes of that game to get the Roosters over the line. The field goalie kick was from 35 out on a, on a hash, hash line, 20-metre scrum line, yeah. which isn't easy. Right foot, right side. Right foot, harder. in golden point, under the pump. I, look, is Mitchell Pearce Andrew Johns or Brad Fittler or you know even Brett Kamali, these sort of players? No, he's not. He's not. However... He's our best option at, at half at the moment. Uh, you know, if, if Adam Adam Reynolds had consistent form, was playing consistently, I, I'd happily pair uh, them together. Maloney and uh, sorry, Pierce and Reynolds. That, that, I don't have an issue with that. Maloney obviously gives you a running game. You can play Maloney as your fourteen, whatever way you want to want to mix it up. But firstly, the question is going to be who who is it? Who replaces him? And is he, is he even the worst half out of the two based on that performance? Game one, I thought um, he, he was he was very, very good until he got knocked out. And oh, I just don't get it. I think... It's personal. That's all it is. Everyone I, just humps on this bandwagon. I don't get it. And look, I've got abs, I've got zero zero ties to Mitchell Pearce. None. You know, I've watched, I've watched him lose all these games and I'm as passionate as a New South Wales fan as anyone. However, I can take the emotion out of it and look at it for what it is. Right, Robbie um, Farrow, there's plenty of other things we've had wrong that Gallon, haven't helped. Yeah, you know, look so... how well our forward pack's playing without Gallon and Farrow. Our, our forward pack, you know, look at look at the job that Nathan Peets is doing. Just a simple tradesman-like sort of job that he's doing for New South Wales, but it's unlocking opportunities for everyone else around him. The other one probably is, is the fullback position. We've, we've chopped and changed around at fullback. I love the fact that we've stuck with Tedesco. Tedesco and uh, Peets look like they're going to be there for at least four to six years which is great. It's stabilising. For me, Pierce would be there for the next four years. Whether I don't give a shit if we lost the next three series. He's the best option. I, Simple. He's playing the best football. But at the moment... And people get going, well, he just can't get it done. 
Uh, uh, what do you mean you can't always, get it done? It's a team sport. That's what I'm about to get at again. But again, you keep going, oh, like you got to pick... So who are you picking? Like, if someone's playing bad at club, you don't just go, well, I don't like Mitchell Pearce, so I'm, I'm going to pick this guy. <laughs> Adam Reynolds can't even stay on the field for his side. You're not going to pick him for... Adam over. Reynolds can't defend. Yeah, but again, exactly that. Tick all the boxes when you look at these players. Pearce, good defender... His kicking game, is it great? No, it's not. But that kick tactic, <laughs> that kick tactic that people, again, are blaming him for is what they're using. They're telling him to put those stupid bombs inside the 10 and that and try and hoist it up there. Just judge him on the kicking game at the Roosters. Judge him on his kicking game at the Roosters. Because what, what do you think happens at Origin? He just totally changes his kicking game. Like, it's... People need to watch what he does at the Roosters in more difficult circumstances than what he has at Origin... Uh, because, I, in my opinion, Kiri's just gone missing. He's And his kicking tactics totally change when we get to origin. Yeah, it's because he's been told to do that. Correct. That's like It's not like he on. just goes, oh, well, I'll just bomb it every fucking set. Like, come it's, on. It's the coaching plan. It's <laughs> coaching plan, it's tactics, it's whatever it is, it's making him look bad. But you need to look at the holistic perspective, from the holistic perspective in that, is it coaching, is it tactics, is it this? What, what is it? Is it... You know, the Corey Oates thing was, was I thought was smart yeah. to the degree, but we did it again in game in game two last week when we didn't need to. The core of it all though is quite plain and simple. Who you're replacing him with, and it's just stupid to go, oh, just any, I anybody I else. I don't even think that he needs to be replaced. He doesn't need to be, but that's I what think I'm getting he's at. been the best half in the competition this year. He's the best New South Wales half though. Take everyone else out. He's close to the best half in the competition. Well I agree. who's who's better than him this year in the halves? Consistently. Probably no one. That's what I, 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 I'm just saying, full stop. From a New South Wales perspective in particular... Come on, be intelligent. No it, one is even close. It's easy to throw Pierce under the bus. Yeah. Be intelligent, watch the game, and work and look at the tactics. No and one's ask yourself close. And compare what Pierce does at the Roosters to compare what he does at Origin with what he does at Origin. Because they're t- totally different. Yeah. The way he kicks at the Roosters is fantastic. Yeah, but full stop. In New South Wales stocks, he's yeah. head and shoulders above everybody. So and there's people that just hate Pierce. Exactly, but the stupidity is, stupid. I'll just get rid of He's just not made for origin. Okay, so Adam Reynolds, who can barely play for clubs, ready to get... We'll just put him in there. Well, wasn't there... There was a stat last week I saw uh, one of the betting agencies put up the similarities between Pierce's... Yeah, oh, I couldn't believe. Lockyer had only won one more game at this point in time. There for the go. same reason. He didn't have the troops or the wrong players around him. When they yeah. got a half-decent side, they won all those series, didn't they? And look at how we look at Lockyer. Look, I, I, I don't judge... Uh, I don't hold a lot of opinions... Highly within the game, but when you've got Lockyer, Johns, Gould, these guys saying Pierce has to be the half, that's enough for me. Yeah. If Andrew Johns says he's he's got to be the half, Andrew Johns shits on any any half Opinion, ever. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it too much about that. Um, tackle five. Hunt and Bennett is this a bit of a masterstroke? He's obviously flicked him. I know he's moving on next year. He's got Benji there. He's had Milford. He's obviously injured now. Nick Arima won six in a row on his time there. Uh, gives him a stint in New South Wales. Oh, sorry, Queensland Cup. Lights a bit of a fire under his ass, and he comes out in the weekend and fires up, plays well next to Benji. Was this a bit of a masterstroke by him, and are they in a great situation right now no, moving forward? I think it's stupid. But, oh, I wouldn't have dropped him when he did. For me, I thought he played quite well against the Roosters. I know he had a Barry Crocker. Can't think of what the game was before that. Didn't have a great game, Ben Hunt, but... Look, to his credit, Ben Hunt went away, played well for Ipswich, came in on the weekend and played well again, so Bennett should just pick him. If Bennett's serious about winning the comp, Ben Hunt needs to be one of the halves. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw one thing in there. If Milford's shoulder's busted and they reckon they're desperate to get him back and see how he goes before they ride his season off, I know it's only one sample, 
But if that's what Benji and Hunt do together as a pairing and Milford shoulders bung, I have no problem with that moving forward as Nick Arima with a utility on the bench. Yeah, I don't have that issue. I don't um, have the issue either. I, I think... thought he brought more stability to Ben Hunt, which him and Milford don't have together. Him and Milford together can't make up their mind as to who's in control. Mm. The kicking's a bit all over the place. They both run and they rely a lot on Darius Boyd to link up with him in the ball play. But with Benji on the weekend, he looked a lot more steady, Ben Hunt. Mm. So I think moving forward, if Milford shoulders busted... I'd probably rather just get the surgery and move on with Hunt and Benji. Yeah, fair. Um, I'll have to look at the lineups later on and see if that's what they're going to do this week. And the last one, Penrith and Canberra. Uh, they both lost on the weekend. We were saying that it was time to get the whips cracking. Um, you said before about obviously that ladder. They're both two wins away. Take the buys out. Anyone out there, seriously, I get the shits for anyone that reads the ladder with the buys. The buy points don't count. Yeah. It's wins, simple. Everyone gets the buy points. Which I've is just posted a... One on Facebook. So if you're listening to this, whenever you are, scroll back to Tuesday afternoon and you'll be able to see the no BS It's just, It's simple. Wins. Yeah. It's wins. Everyone gets the buy points. Get the Don't 12 look wins. The 12 so wins will get you in the eight. The stupidity this week of everyone going, oh, well, the Tigers are now last. No, well, they're not. not. They've had three wins. Newcastle have two. The yeah. buyers mean nothing. Everyone gets those points. Um, but just looking at it from this perspective now, these two teams, two teams everyone had massive wraps on. They're now two wins away from Parramatta. Mm-hmm. And then even looking at that, the two wins is one thing to catch up to eighth, but really it's three wins away to even get in or on four and against. So uh, they're on life support. And it's very disappointing, to be honest, because I think they both should be doing so much better. In particular, Penrith squad. Um, oh, well, both. Both. It could have easily been the Canberra, those two in the I, think, I think Canberra's got a, one of the better 1-17s, but they've lost depth. But Penrith squad's ridiculous. They've been able to rotate out three players of their spine basically rejuvenate their season and still not get the job done. They've yeah. got that much depth. I, I, I'm just... I think they're both as much to blame as each other. They're, neither of them really have an excuse. What's their excuse? Yeah, no, well, Zippo. Well, that's our six tackles, but that's just finishing off there. But power rankings, uh, looking at those right now, obviously only two teams didn't play on the weekend, but uh, a couple of changes there, nothing too major. But number one for me, I've stuck with the Roosters. Well, I haven't. I've, uh, I've bumped the storm up to number one, and I've got the Roosters at two. Yeah, well, fair enough. I still think uh, the Roosters my one, and I think it's going to be the same again. Storm is my two. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is the Broncos. I have the Broncos as well, and in particular, watching the half situation now, they've got some options and moving forward. I just think winning form is good form as well. I've got the Sharks at four, and basically I've got them there because they're losing. Well, that was a loss after so many close wins. They've, they've been yeah, I, bad. but they... They're not travelling well, in my opinion. Brisbane are travelling a lot better with a lot more issues than well, the Sharks. I'll put happened. it this way: and we had this talk on the weekend with a Panther fan who's going, "We beat ourselves." Well, you beat yourselves, but you you don't beat yourself. You lost a million games, and you can blame your errors and all that. The Sharks have the worst completion rate in the comp. They've got ten wins because they find way to win games. Mm. As soon as they turn that around, they're going to get better. If you can be on ten wins with the worst completion rate in the comp, you're a good football side, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's my argument. Sharks are also my four. Yeah, I've got Sharks at four. At five, I've got the Cowboys. Again, because I, they're winning. Well, I know they've lost Thurston, but at the moment they're winning. Uh, I've got a struck match between them and, and Manly. Well, I've got Manly because yeah. they've got better halves and I think there's more upside. Jonathan Thurston missing, to me, means that the Cowboys may make the eight, but I don't think they're a genuine contender. And yeah. Manly's was 6-0 on the road this season, which is a true reflection of a good side. All right, I've got Manly at 6. Oh, I've got the Cowboys at 6. Yeah. So, again, we're splitting hairs. Yep. At 7, I have the Eels. I've moved them ahead of... Uh, well, I've moved them in, and I've moved them ahead of the team I've got at 8. Well, I've got the Dragons, and you've obviously got the reverse of that, and I've got yep. the Eels at 8. So. Yeah, so I've got, I've got the Eels above them. I think if they played them 
played each other right now. The Eels will win that game. Well, I like the Eels, but again, the hooker situation hurts. I do like Cameron King, but he hasn't played NRL for almost three years, so mm. he needs to stay healthy. But that's why I've left them at eight for the time being. And, yeah, uh, on and eight, I've got the Dragons, so you got yeah. the Eels. And on the border of that, you know, you've kind of got Canberra, the Warriors, and Penrith, but I'd have the Warriors just outside at the moment. Yeah, and then well, are we going to are we going to do we're going to lock and we're going to lock and cut? We're going to start that this week. Well, a little, little segment. We're going we're gonna to kick off on the back of power rankings. What we're going to do each week... Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to cut two teams each and we're going to lock two teams each. I think it's going to be fairly well, simple. Easy. Roosters we're going to lock the Roosters and Melbourne. Yep. We're going to lock them in and we're cutting... Uh, we're going to... Tigers and Knights. Tigers and Knights we're going to cut. Right, but from next week on, you're going to have to lock one and cut one each week. Uh, and that's going to take us, I don't know, about three weeks before the final. So, And then we'll just see how it pans yeah, out. Yeah, see how it pans out. But I think, yeah, there's, there's already five teams I can honestly cut, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's probably five that would be willing to lock in. So. so Storm and Roosters, we've locked in. They're going to make the eight. And we're cutting the, uh, the Tigers and the Knights. Yeah. So there you go. That's the set of six, and that is our power rankings. Before we do fan questions, I'm going to do game reviews. I want to get them out of the way this week. The Warriors, 21 to 14. Over the Bulldogs, uh, to be honest, I didn't think it was an outstanding game, but it was a must-win, and they got the job done. And for the fact that they went in without foreign <laughs> shit conditions at the ground, it was windy, it was wet, and then they lost Luke. They lost Luke, yeah. I thought it was a good win. And uh, there was a couple of guys that stepped up. The try from Marmola was great. At the start Cracker of the try. Year, Cracker try. start yeah. of the year, I had the shits because I looked at him and I'm like, it's been two or three years now and I'm waiting for you to kick on because you're a monster. Mm-hmm. And the last three or four weeks in particular, he's, I think he's finally figured out what yeah. he should be doing and um, I thought he had a big impact on the game um, I thought Johnson was pretty good and then obviously Roach who's a good running nine as soon as he came on for Luke who's been in better form uh, I thought he filled in nicely and James Garvey had a couple of ordinary years after that one massive year at the Tigers and I thought how disappointing because he could have been something special but yeah. he's been exceptional this year and yeah, I, I don't think all continues. year. I think more the, I think the, the middle part of the year. Six to eight yeah. weeks, it's kind of kicked on at yeah. the start. But if he stays the way he is, this is closer to the guy that was at the Tigers. He's intimidating. He's physical. Um, he's got a real presence in this side. But you know, a huge game this week for the Warriors and Manly. Like we're talking about, if Manly are legit, Warriors yeah. uh, are going to come over here. Well, it's in Perth. Losing That's Luke. a massive game. Massive, massive game. Really looking forward to it. But yeah. the Warriors, well, they did what they needed to get done, didn't they? They won. It's an origin sort of affected game in the fact that they had Clemmer and Jackson had to back up less than 48 hours after Origin uh, Origin 2, which to me just highlighted how farcical this player welfare argument is and Origin players having to back up. Like, to put them on a plane at 8am on Thursday morning after a game that finished at 10.30 the night before to travel over there and then expect them to play a day and a half later is ridiculous. Uh, And it was always going to affect the Dogs' performance, but I think the Bulldogs had enough chances. And again, the final 10 minutes, the Bulldogs threw the ball around, looked good, scored a couple of tries. And you just think, why can't you guys start like that? Oh, start honestly, playing a bit of footy. I'm going to stick to it. They're just shit. Yeah. I hate watching the Bulldogs. They're awful. And I, we finally got some credit on Twitter the other day. I don't know if you saw that one. Bill Woods or someone on Fox put up something about, oh, I wonder, you know, it's only taken like a year or last year people finally started to say that the Bulldogs attack's awful. Well, we've been saying the Bulldogs we attack's awful we said it before the grand since final. 2013, midway through the year, the year after the comp in 2012 with the Storm, that nothing no, had changed. No, we said it before the grand, in the grand final preview. Yeah, we no. said that they wouldn't score 12 points in the grand final. But we've been saying it for almost four seasons now that they're awful and all of a sudden someone's willing to acknowledge it and go, oh, how bad's their attack? They've been shit for four years because nothing's yeah. changed. Correct. Um, 
I'm not going to get angry about it again because we ran on this all Correct. the time. And a few people t- retweeted it saying, fifth and last, I've been talking about this forever. And it's the absolute truth. But honestly, same thing the other day, as always. They're too sluggish. they got all these big blokes that try to move the footballers' halves. They don't lay a line. Eastwood's too slow. Cassiano, except way too many big bodies. Spine doesn't do enough. Um, well, I watch them and I don't know what they're doing. I'm going to throw it out there again, and I don't care what anyone thinks or laugh as much as you want. Leisha's going to go to another club and he's going to play well. I still stick by my theory that they're the hit, the, the killer of hookers. I've seen little glances again of him starting to run and no one pushes up. I think he's playing better the last As soon month. as he goes to a club where he's allowed to do what Michael Linus did at the Sharks, get a bit of freedom, and he went double-digit try assist in two seasons. Mark my words, Michael Leisha's a good footballer. I'm right. saying he's bad for I'm sticking by it. Yeah. But he, he certainly hasn't hasn't done what everyone expected him to do. How at the can Bulldogs. you when you're getting told to do this job? Yeah, I can see glimpses of it as well. Don't so buy. Let, let's let's just let's wait. It's a hypothetical. Don't let's buy wait somebody and, and then change what they do. Like, right. that's fucking, I agree. It's just pointless. Yeah. You're ruining what he was. I agree. Let's move on. It's, so. it's a, this was a shit game. And the next game we're going to talk about was a shit game as well. But yeah, the Tigers and Titans. This yeah, for a Friday, honestly, uh, it was absolutely awful. The Tigers in particular, Lola here. Wow, what a Barry Crocker! Particularly that forward pass he chucked into the green stand with two blokes standing right next to him. But mate, I I've got to be honest. I turned it off. Uh, my wife and I watched the movie, and then I just before she sort of like, well, let's go to bed. I fast forwarded through it for twenty minutes, saw us win, and got zero excitement out of it. So no. I, I was borderline going out there. I, I had I had two tickets to go out there, and I just didn't go. Well, their edge defence was piss poor. In particular, Brooks and Sully got pulled apart on that left hand side. But I'm just going to throw it there right now. I already couldn't cop Hayne, but him and Hull, the way they carried on after the yeah. score and their tries the other night, and the raps from the commentators, you beat up a side that is basically a reserve grade side. What's the what's Again, Hayne in origin, obviously, like made some plenty of errors. Watch Hurrell's game against South. Yeah, but watch what Hayne did as well wow. at some of the club games for you guys. He lays yeah. down. In origin, he got hit hard once. He laid down. He's always looking. Just all the attention's on Jared. Yeah. Like, you're dialing up the phone saying, this is my house again after your second try. You're beating up on the Tigers, who are, you know, them and Knights are basically New South Wales Cup sides. Yeah, agreed. I, yeah, I have no pride in anything they've done. The only thing I took out of that is I enjoyed watching a few of the you're kids. You're five and ten. Yeah. Congratulations, Gold Coast. You're five and ten. Yeah, and you've just beat up on an absolute spade of a side. Yeah. Um, we, again, we say this on the show, there's no bias here. Full credit to Aaron Woods. He was outstanding backing up. Yeah, he was. He good. had a massive game. Uh, the old power walker. He put in a good effort. And congratulations must go to Jamal Fogarty. He debuted for your mob. Things have come full circle. He was your junior. They let him go. He was a junior kangaroo, 5'8", fullback, got pushed out, went to Queensland Cup, proved a point, captaining Burley to the competition-winning side. Yeah. He went to power this year. He couldn't find himself an opportunity. I don't know why. Brought back, coincidentally, by the Titans now, given the game for the club that he obviously played his junior football for. And I thought he did a steady job the other night. And... To be honest, it's probably a pretty easy game to come into first grade and learn, but um, it's nice to see somebody persist and get an opportunity. Yeah, agree. Um, but overall, I, honestly, the way they carried on gave me the shits, in particular those two players, Hayne and Hurl. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, yeah, some of the raps, again, like you've said, for the brain explosions the week before and everyone's just moved on, oh, how good's Hurl? Like, play Melbourne or do something like that. Destroy a team like Melbourne or Brisbane or whatever, I'll, well, give, you, talk I'll give you your props. But Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Can't believe we've tipped in as much money as we have into someone who is just... Hot and cold. Yeah, Pete's good job backing up. Um, on top of that, Jared Wallace very solid backing up as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know the one I did enjoy watching for you guys again. I think he's been a pretty steady bias. Copley, Copley's yardage work and just some stuff off the ball, pretty good. But uh, yeah, their season's still hanging on by a shoestring. Cowboys Panthers fourteen twelve. No Jonathan Thurston. Three guys backing up. I know Morgan and Hess only played small parts, but 
you know, Scott, Kafusi, these guys missing. Everything was there for Penrith to get their season going. Flat deck, sunshine, they score instantly. Harawira and Ira runs off that. But honestly, Penrith, um, people making excuses for them. And some of the stuff on Twitter and some biased fans that are just absolutely blind, give yourself a triple. Mm. Your side's bad at football, to be honest. They have no idea what they're doing. Start of the year, I thought things were way too structured. He was carrying a center wing as a bench utility. He wouldn't give Kakao any game time. He wouldn't use rain, even though he's killing it in cup. It's taken injuries to change the spine completely, and now it seems they've gone the complete opposite way. There was six or seven tackles on the fifth play on the weekend, and I'm going to say it's Matt Moylan's fault. It looked like he was overcalling the ball mm. with absolutely no plan and getting caught in the last inside 20. Build pressure. Yeah, You've got a team that's weak, missing Jonathan Thurston. What would Jonathan Thurston do? That should be the first thing that comes in your head. Build pressure. You've got them trapped in their 20. You've hampered them the whole game, and you just keep spilling the football, getting caught with it. Just shit fifth play tackles, and you wonder why they pull your pants down at the end. Because they're the Cowboys, and even with those players missing, I got to say Michael Morgan's been exceptional. After a few weeks struggling on his own, he's really pulled things together. Yeah, and I, I thought he was good again on the weekend. But Penrith, like honestly, that game was there on a platter. They should have kicked on and laid some points on. To be honest, I reckon they should have won by at least thirty. But they just continued well, to. Uh, yeah, that's probably a stretch. They should have yeah. won. They should have won by at least a couple of tries. And people were coming out saying they played well. Well, clearly not, because the amount of errors and penalties they ended up giving away and just shooting themselves it's in the foot. It's been their issue all year. Let the possession almost be 60 40 against a side that was missing, like I said, their key playmaker, Scott for the year, and a couple of guys backed up from Origin. Mm. Um, that really there for me was like, if they win this, they're probably going to kick on a little bit, and this is a real good opportunity. Instead, they just shat the bed. Um, and I kind of felt bad because I thought Manso had a pretty good game when Felt jumped over the top of him. But all in all, they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, it shouldn't come down to that one play. No, exactly. That was almost impossible to defend. Full credit to the Cowboys for hanging in because it was a tough day for them. And like I said before, that the one-two punch of Hess and Tamalolo, between them almost 500 metres, 13 tackle breaks, just absolute chaos. Yeah. So I know, again, hypothetical, but if Scott comes back, McLean, Cooper, Lowe, Bolton, and then you chuck those two guys in there as well, they're going to have a hell of a forward pack next year, all things given. Um, that's that's a very decent forward pack. Yeah. Good win by them. I'm going to be a little bit critical of Kyle Lowe, but he's played two games now. I thought he got bullied on the weekend. Mm. Um, he had some okay moments, but I honestly think once Tamari Martin learns what they want from him, he'll probably steal that spot and play with Morgan. Yeah. I don't know if they'll push forward with Kyle Lowe, but so. Well done to the Cowboys, really. Like To have all the adversity that they had to still pull that win out, huge. And Penrith, seriously, just get a balance. What we said earlier in the year, way too structured. They got rid of the free stuff. The weekend just looked like they had no structure whatsoever. And mm. particularly fifth tackle options. Like six, seven times inside 20, you just run it with no plan. Nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, ridiculous. And, and another one out there for everybody that said all of a sudden that Moylan should be playing Origin after two games at six. What did the weekend show you? That you should all give yourselves an uppercut as well. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I really hope Penrith do pull it together because they should be in the eight. But I was very disappointed. Uh, Broncos, Raiders, 30-20. to 20. Another one of these teams uh, that just leave you wanting, you know, to just bash your head on a the table. Their right edge is their best attacking weapon, and I've said this before, but it's also their glaring weakness. Between Austin and Leilua, they have no idea. They always do the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think they hate each other because Austin never does the right thing by him, and that break showed it again. They had three blokes You've seen there. him blowing up. Oh, he yelled, at, he yelled was, at him yeah. multiple times during the game, and he does it almost every week, but... Uh, I think there may be a little bit more to the surface, obviously, at training that we probably don't see uh, within that team. Everyone's asking what's gone wrong this year. I think some guys just don't look happy or like they're enjoying their football. So whether there's more than that going on, but in particular that edge of the field, I can't believe that. He ran away from three support players to go himself and 
probably just sums up the whole season uh, yeah. of what could have been. And in particular, defensively, on that, like I said, that right-hand side, they shit the bed every week. Mm-hmm. They just walk through tries and... Well, oh. you can't... Yeah, their defence needs to be a final standard, and it's not. It's not. There's just that's, ab- that's, the, that's the problem at the moment. It's not their attack. There's an absolute disconnect, though, I think, defensively and, and in attack. I think the spine, we've spoke about a million times. I don't want to keep going about it. There's no, there's no real game plan. I think Caesar's been a little bit better, but... He had a hard night because Gillette just gave him an absolute bath, kick pressured him, ran at him, scored over him twice. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of things not going right for Canberra. There's a lot of things not going right. Yeah. And Papali, Rapana, there's a few standouts there. But week in, week out, they were close. They were there within the try at the end. And then Gillette just sealed the deal with a big don't argue. Bath Caesar one more time and they won that game. And on the Brisbane side of things, the Benji-Hunt combination, like we said, I think it was really good. He gave more balance to Hunt. Uh, under adversity, who came in, kicked really well. I've had a knock on his kicking game, and I thought he did really well the other night, but I thought he made Hunt look a lot better than what he does when he plays with Milford. So if Milford showed a shot and they're talking about they're going to push him and see what happens, I wouldn't let it get worse. I'd just operate on it. Save him now while he's younger, and I'd move forward with Benji and keep Nicarima there. I'd agree uh, with that. That's what yeah. I'd do. I wouldn't want to play a busted guy, ruin the flow of things. If that's working and his shoulder's that bad that it's a 50-50 thing, take care of the guy you've just paid a million dollars to. Get the surgery done. Push forward with Benji, who you know you're going to keep next year anyway as you back up, yeah. and have Nikarima there. And well, if that doesn't work out, Nikarima plays with Hunt for the rest of the year. You've already got him on decent money. Yeah, he's leaving, but do the right thing by your football side. Um, I think that's pretty straightforward. But the backup players here again, Gillette, massive, two tries, full 80 minutes. Maguire was huge. I thought they McCulloch, as always, say it every single week, never gets any raps. Um, that he's a really quality football player and a good bench impact, I thought, from Offer Hengawi and Pengai. Something the Raiders haven't got this year out of their bench, which is one of their strengths last year. Yeah. I thought those two came on and changed the, the reflection of this game. They did. Yeah, I I just thought the difference was the halves in the end. Canberra were close enough, if good enough, as usual, and they just can't seem to win these close games, of which they were winning last year. But the Raiders, all their, all their passing is pre-line and deep, whereas the, the Broncos' halves are taking it right into the line and creating some chances, so... For me, that was a difference in the game. This is another one of these things when you talk about Blake Austin and his development, though. It's the dummy and the run, but what's changed? He still doesn't have a kicking game. Well, you can't dummy and run if you're catching the ball 10 metres from the defensive line. Yeah, but that's the thing. He doesn't dig in unless he's throwing that dummy. And when he plays into the line, like you don't see him put back rows through the hole or feed his centres. Like, he hasn't developed his passing game at all. No. And his kicking game's near non-existent. So it's basically the old show and go, or he just throws an early pass and turns out and everybody just slides over and goes, okay, he's released the ball. Yeah. Um, over three years, you thought you would have seen some development, but it's basically the same old. So I think it's become a bit predictable for sides. I agree. Uh, but moving off them, the Roosters, Melbourne, 25-24. Over there in Adelaide, they sold 25,000 tickets. I think about 21 turned up. Disappointing for them that so many players pulled out, but I thought they dished up a pretty good game, considering the circumstances. But um, well, it would look Melbourne's for 60 minutes. It was another week where all these kids, I thought, did a pretty good job. Croft up until that seven tackle set at the end, which ended up costing them. And yeah, but you can't judge his game on that. No, I'm not he, judging he was, on that. He was good. He was great. And he's, it's his third game of NRL. And this is without the big three. He's in complete control of that side. That's a massive effort for yeah. a 19-year-old kid. Um, I, I think they were all great. And Curtis Scott, who had some injuries and has struggled moving, as any 18-year-old would, from Sydney down to Melbourne and being on his own. I think his two games back in have been good. Smith, again, he was a little bit quieter on the weekend. But Jerome Hughes, this just shows how good the system is up there. Debuted for you guys at 18 at the Titans. Went to North Queensland, couldn't find an opportunity. Fullback of the year in Queensland Cup. Melbourne pick him up, bring him down there. He's been training as a 5'8 and a fullback. 
slot straight in on the weekend, first game, three line breaks, a try, 180 metres. He looked like he'd been playing there his whole life. Um, the depth is really, really good. And I think they've done a great job in particular, again, the last few years, getting younger guys that are going to be there long term Yeah, in that spine. But in the end, uh, you know, they get the golden point. They shouldn't have, and Craig Bowen was filthy. And I think that's another thing I love so much about Melbourne. They weren't happy to go, oh, yeah, good effort by the kids. He, they were filthy. And the kids were generally heartbroken about it, Yeah, as they should be, because they should have won that game of football. But Mitchell Pierce took the ball by the horns the last 20 minutes. I didn't think he was great to start with. Rhea Hargraves, these kind of guys, things got personal with Glasby. I think that sparked them up because they were pretty poor. Up until that point, they made a lot of errors. But I thought him and Napa really made an effort to rip in after that. They got on the back of these players um, and obviously find themselves getting into Golden Point and iced it by Pierce. Right foot, right side, very awkward spot, probably 10 in from the touchline, 35 out, and he absolutely nailed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, the last 20 minutes he played up on the ball, uh, as I said earlier when we were talking about him. Uh, for me, it was worrying for the Roosters in the fact that they were just pummeled for 60 minutes, whether it was a performance thing or whether Melbourne are just that far ahead of everyone. I guess time will tell. Two weeks in a row, a little bit worrying that Melbourne gave up leads at the end of the game. That's that's a little bit of a concern. And Kiri, his form is worrying me at the moment. He's not running the ball. Uh, he just seems quiet, not demanding the footy. Uh, isn't it's just a lot of little different things in his game that I'm not liking. And it forced Pierce to really step up in that last twenty and put the team on his back, which he managed to do. But you know, if you're really relying on that sort of a performance from your halfback every week, you're going to come up short a lot of the time. So. It's an issue the Roosters need to address uh, and do it not you know not quickly, but it's something that they certainly need to address because Kiri's form at the start of the year he was almost doing more than Pierce, mm. overshadowing Pierce, and now you know if if it was sixty forty uh, to Kiri in terms of involvements and and try assists and things like that at the moment it's ninety to ten to Pierce, which is they need both contributing as much as each other so because uh, they're not going to get a lot from Michael Gordon at fullback. And yeah. they're not getting a whole lot from Jake Friend at nine. So it does put a lot of pressure on what their halves are doing. But yeah. for Melbourne, I'm happy, apart from the fact that they've just let two leads slip. But the future looks bright. They've got good depth there, and they're going to get their stars back this weekend. And then you'll probably rest them again on the back of Origin 3, which is a smart thing to do when you're on top of the well, comp. That's why you had to bank the points early. And, um, yeah, for the Roosters, uh, Michael Gordon, clutch goal kicking. They were three difficult kicks to make sure that they kept level. Yeah. So good job by him. and. Uh, Cordner and Tokiaho missing probably not as big as the big three in Chambers but still hurt them a little bit early on and uh, they got the job done so another win for the Roosters and probably pushing their top four case much like Melbourne almost secure you'd think moving forward uh, the Dragons versus the Knights I went down there for this one because it was Vaughn's 100th game and not exactly a great start he literally ran off the kickoff and tore his calf mm. so he was done and early on they fired up, scored a couple of tries, thought, how good is this? This is all going to come nice and easily. But for the, the next 30 minutes, the Dragons literally just shut off. There was no energy. Um, you know, they went flat. All the talk went out. There was a, a heap of missed tackles. And in particular, the man who ended up probably saving them had some big problems, and that was Gareth Whittle. He got spotted up a couple of times. He made the piss-poor read, which left a massive hole. Um, they scored five against the tries Newcastle and literally were just running all over them for that first half. But I thought when they took the two, that was conceding a little bit. I could understand it was close to half-time, but I thought one more chance, just go for the jug. Yeah. They went in 28-10. Ross, first half hat-trick, outstanding effort. The Ross dog. Second half, uh, they just came out, and Nathan Brown, rightfully so, very, very angry. So that's the hardest one of the eight leads that they've blown this year. 
Oh, easily. They didn't score easily. a single point in the second half. Well, they scored 28 in the first half. Yeah. 28 points in the first point half. And didn't score again. Huge. Uh, again, they should have won. And they just... It was a little bit concerning for me how easily both sides just leaked points. They just leaked like a sieve. Well, both sides. Like, that's concerning for me if I'm a Dragons, take out, take Dragons out, fan. Yeah, take out the drop ball pickup, which they ran the other way back from Ross. Yeah, but still, it's a shit pass. I like, know. It's a sh- it wasn't a shit pass. It was a drop by Sello. He overran the Oh, ball. yeah, okay. Yeah. That's just, you know, one of those ones where you pick it up, he's streaked away. But all the other ones, they aimed at Whittle, which mm. was smart. They spotted him up. They isolated him. He made a couple of bad reads. And the other times, he just got bulldozed. Yeah. Um, but second half, he obviously made up for it. I think he had four try assists. Josh Dugan, huge off the back of Origin again. Tyson Brazell played busted in Origin, played needle up again the other day, hurt his ankle, pushed through. And when Vorney went off, I thought Packer carried the load and Armour came on, had a massive game. Packer well. was huge. Well, Armour was, was as huge. well. Yeah, Armour came on, but... did a fantastic job. But um, second half, clearly they turned things around. But Nathan Brown sprayed his half, said I could play at a faster pace than they did. He really wasn't happy with Lamb mm. and uh, Feeney at the end of that game. So They're young. They're learning. They're young, yeah, I agree with you there. I like the fact that they're in games. They yep. might not be winning a lot of them, but they're in they're in a heap of games, which is encouraging. Well, I think the only other thing I've got to take out of this is Jason Nightingale, another hat-trick. He got a hat-trick as well and 100 tries in the NRL. He's been a fantastic player. Yeah, he has. He's, yeah. Uh, he's very awkward. He's not your normal winger. Great in yardage. He's lasted such a long time, but he's very unique for a winger. There's no doubt about that. Solid football. And the last one... Of the round, Manly 35 to 18 over the Sharks. I was very confident about this one. I actually had a punt on this one and I tipped it, uh, but I didn't expect it to this extent. And obviously, five guys backed up and they've had poor completions and that continued in this game, but probably got the feeling from the first set when they rolled off Tapia 20 metres, mm. walked straight downfield. Maloney got in between Siren and and uh, Cherry Evans and literally didn't make an effort to go for the ball or go for a man. He just literally clapped in thin air. And Curtis Sirenen scored first set. Mm, yeah. was like, if this is a tone of what's to come, they're probably in trouble. Um, you know, they they made a real good effort to spot up the two blokes you'd want to spot up, and everyone's proved that. They got at Braley, particular Tapper, absolutely mowed him. He had to get two or three blokes in to help him every time on Tapper. And they got at Maloney, who, as we said, he gave away a couple of silly penalties again, missed some tackles. But Daly Chair Evans, he had a hand in everything. Um, short passes, a couple of long passes, good kicking game. Tom Travojevic back, he linked up with him. He threw a beautiful pass for the winger there. And Api Korosau's been playing out of his skin. And um, The 18 zip, you thought they were going to run away with it. Luke Lewis kind of saved things a little bit before halftime. Then they got a penalty and a smart short side play off that tap. They dragged it back in. And, uh, you know, the field goal at halftime, 19-12, I didn't think that was a bad play. But second half again, uh, I thought it was pretty much the same thing. Their forward pack dominated. They got over the top of the Sharks. Blake Green. Yeah, I thought it was energy and enthusiasm. Exactly. Was simple. Got over the top of them. From the first set, it was clear that Manly were going to play with more energy, more enthusiasm. And the Sharks could never really compete. A couple of classy little things, as you said, like the, the tap play and the runaway try and... But aside from that, the Sharks really never looked good. 17 in errors, though. Same thing again. And against better teams, yeah, we've, been, we've been saying this for a few weeks. Oh, what mate, have you done? I've dropped my phone. Good stuff. Well, better teams will punish you for that kind of completion rate. And Manly are a better team. And they did punish them for their 17 errors. Yeah. 35 to 18. But uh, Blake Green, like we said, really stabilised things out of Cherry Evans. Arpy does so much work around the middle. He's a threat as soon as there's one marker to run. Chaboyevich, an extra ball player. you got Jaku chips in in that aspect. Tapau going forward. Fanua Blake, Siren and Pryor to that injury on the weekend had been outstanding. Walker, one of the best centres in the comp this year. So many contributors. They've really, yeah, really they, turned they things around. They blew them away. But good win by them. 
uh, shark side of things. Maloney really needs to fix up his D. I thought Graham and Lewis were good. Graham particularly because he backed up. And, uh, yeah, Holmes didn't have quite a flash day. He made a couple of errors and got chopped down as well. So a bit of a wake-up call for them. But you've won so many close games. You had five guys in origin. I'm kind of not surprised that they flattened out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you wanted all five to back up. He said that no one had any niggles. And he was happy for him to play, but it's a bit of a tougher game. I kind of would have been happier if I was him to kind of concede that one, to be honest, with such a heavy workload on my players. Yeah, but yeah. That's Shane Flanagan's choice. So um, That wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. We'll jump in now, try and punch through the fan questions before we get on to Mr. Gossip. First one here, Joey, the Dragons man forever. Hey, boys, surely now is the time for Josh McCrone to be dropped if it wasn't already before he really starts hurting the side with poor and dumb Well, options. who comes in? He's already been dropped this week. He's on the bench, who and man in? is starting in the halves with him. Kurt Mann. So I can understand. Yeah. I'd be happy if we went up to play seven. With the pay packet he's going to be getting, I know next year Hunt's coming there. He needs to play more like a seven. McCrone shouldn't be first receiver on that side. Well, this is the reason why we had the Dragons down the ladder. Yeah, because we didn't I think. predicted him to finish second last. So. And right. that was the reason was because I couldn't see him winning too many games with McCrone in the half. So yeah. he's done well to last as long as he has. Yeah, well, like we said, while the forward pack was doing a good job, he had time, there was less pressure, it made things easier. As soon as he got put under pressure and people then slowing down their forward pack, he's battled. So Yeah. Um, I have no problem with Man there. I think Man's a better runner, and that means Widop has to take more control, which he should anyway. Hmm. Uh, and that's happening this week. Arrow, would Benji play this well in other clubs, or has Wayne found the right formula to get the best out of him? What's his role moving forward? Well, I'd say they'll re-sign him next year. I mean, And I'll his role him. moving forward, I would imagine he'd be the starting half with Ben Hunt, if I'm coaching the side. For the rest of this year, I'd be happier from that sample. If Milford's busted and they're going up, we want to play him, and he may not last, I wouldn't do that. Because if he plays a couple of weeks, then you bust him and needs a full reconstruction. You don't have him ready for preseason next year. And you've just paid him a million dollars. So yeah. I just fixed the problem now. End the season for Milford. I think I've got enough there with those two. Well, you don't, we don't know the injury. If it's bad, then... Well, they've already admitted that he's 50-50 if he does play to doing it, making it worse. Mm. But they said it's basically bugging. He's going to have to play to the pain. Why do that to him? Yeah. If you damage him long term, you're hurting your own investment. You've just spent $3 million to keep him there. I'd take care of my investment if I was there. Yeah. Um, I've got two really good options there, and I've got Nick Arema, who he's said openly he's my half moving forward next year. So I go with the options I've got, and I fix my million-dollar investment. That's just my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah, Tony B, thoughts on the return of the Great Britain Tour in 2019? RFL think the Aussies prefer the Lions, Brown, and hoping it can attract more interest in oh, international rugby league. I think it's great. I don't see the point in why, why is it branded the Lions or not. How many actual people aren't pommies in that side? It used to be Brian Carney, who's anyone I could really remember. So it's not a legitimate thing like the rugby union where it's actually got a mix of, say, Welsh, Scottish, you know. I, it's pretty much an English side with one or two others chucked into it. Mm. Um, and you pay more attention to the Super League than I do right now. Is there many outsiders from Wales, Scotland, Ireland that would really be in that side? Because I can't think of a whole lot. No, but there, there'd be one or two, a handful. I don't think that's the reason. I think it's just the Lions instead of England as such. And look, I love it. I, I love it. I used to love stay up and watch all those Lions games. I think the last one was, what was it, 03? The last Lions tour, something like that, uh, where they played a three-match test series in the UK at the end of the season. I, I think it's a fantastic idea. And honestly, I, I, I think... This is the this is the way to strengthen the, the international game. Is three match series against New Zealand and three match series against uh, Great Britain, and whoever that side is that isn't playing out of the big three that isn't playing someone, they should they should schedule some test matches against the lower tier sides. But yeah, I, I love it. I, I think it's going to be great. Alrighty, 
JDH do? What did the Tigers do with Lola here if they've got Watson at fullback? Warriors wouldn't give him a spine spot either. What's the issue with him? Well, my issue, and I was going to say this actually in our review, and I forgot to, if he's going to be playing fullback next year, apparently, why would you have wasted your time with the Naguama, who clearly is not a ball player and struggled at fullback on the weekend? I would have preferred to bring Little John in, put him in the halves with Luke Brooks, and put Lola here back there if that was your plan. Yeah, I agree. Um, they obviously paid less for him, and it's easy for clubs to say one thing and do a complete opposite. They've said they were going to give him a spine spot, but if they're going to pay a half a million now for Watson bring him over, well, then I suppose they've kind of trapped him again. Um, but the thing is, if you're going to trap somebody and he already had issues and didn't really want to be at the Warriors, how much are you going to hurt his confidence and his want to be at the Tigers again? Um, so it could backfire. It could just be a complete waste of money if that's what they do. Yeah, I would think so. so right. Naguama struggled big time. Oh, he did struggle big struggled time. Struggled big time. So Lola here should have been back there on the weekend. I agree with that. And yeah. long term... I think if you bought Lola here, he needs first crack at fullback. The only other thing I have in my head is that if Luke Brooks struggles, which is possible, hopefully he does do better, that somehow Lola here ends up in the halves with Reynolds, but neither of them is generally a seven. Mm. So I don't know how that works either, but that's the only other way I can look at things here, is that they kept Brooks on an okay salary, not a massive salary, that if he doesn't play well next year, he might get forced out of the halves at some point. But I think that him and Reynolds will work together as a halves combination and um, yeah, I, I don't know. Tigers at the moment just seem to be doing whatever they can to get talent on their books and good luck to them, but you've got to keep everyone happy in the end if you're going to tell them one thing and then do another. So see what happens there. Uh, Dante, he says here, should they reinstate the Magpies for Campbelltown and move Balmain Tigers to Perth or Brisbane? Well, you can't really split the two because Balmain don't have any money to split off and go somewhere else. Obviously, no. your idea to move into Brisbane or Perth would have some NRL funding or backing, but... No, if you're gonna, you can't move club. You yeah, can't no, move you franchise. Can't, you can't split a merger and bring in a seventeenth team either. That doesn't make any sense. If we're going second team in Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, these sort of uh, places, second in New Zealand, you can't be picking sides up from here and dumping them there. Yeah, but this is. I look. I agree with the basis of what Phil Rothfield wrote in that article. In the you know, side, there needs to be a side to go in Sydney. But I don't know how you nominate anyone unless, like we've sort of had a chat off air, unless they're just not financially viable. If their business isn't finance financial and they can't make money and they can't manage their books properly, then let them die like natural attrition for me. That's how you sort that problem out. Um, but other, other than that, good luck. And I don't know why we keep talking about expansion when the NRLs clearly said that they're not going to... Yeah. Expansion isn't even on the table. I think we've hit on the head more than anything else. Expansion number one, as far as money and clubs being able to manage themselves, players. There's not the players. Mm. And that's why I wanted the minimum salary raised up because half the depth goes to England early because they can't survive here. Correct. Because a guy has three kids and a family, moves interstate to go to another club for $80,000, has to pay his rent, pay for his kids and that, and he can't survive, yeah. which is why they duck off to England because there's not enough in the bottom end of being an NRL squad to survive in the NRL. So on that basis, you can't expand either. No. But the idea here I think is getting at is literally splitting the back of solo entities. West have enough money to survive in Campbelltown, maybe build up that area and let Balmain go as the Perth Tigers or Brisbane Tigers. That doesn't work again because it's a 7-8 team that throws the draw off. Balmain had no money in the first place. Who's Do they get the board back in there before? Those kind of guys to kick it off. The NRL are going to kick it all off and fund it. They've got to find players. There's so many things that are going to happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't see that happening. I probably agree that they should focus more on the Campbelltown thing as far as, you know, it's a growth area. That's where most of the juniors come from, um, all these other bits and pieces. But at the same time, you have to go to Leichhardt, I think, a couple of times a year. Yeah. Just not as much as they do now. 
Um, but I could definitely see the frustration for Campbelltown fans. I wouldn't want to turn up for a shit game between the Titans and the Tigers on Friday either. They need games like the Penrith one at the start of the year. Parramatta, these kind of teams are actually in the West to draw more interest. And if they had more games there, I think people would turn up. But they get a handful every year and they seem to be shit games. So yeah, agreed. Campbelltown's definitely not going to buy in in that sense. Chris J, Queensland 5'8", personally think they need a second kicking option to not leave Cronk one out, DCE to be considered. Well, like we said in game one, Thurston coming back made a massive difference in that sense. Cherry Evans and Norman offer kicking games. Obviously, if you put Munster or Morgan, you're not getting a hell of a lot of a kicking game, are you? So I guess that does put a lot more pressure back on Cronk uh, as a one-out kicking option. Yeah, it does. <sighs> but what do you do? you got to take into account all factors... And what would you do? Oh, well, I honestly said before, if I, if I was going to... We, sort of, we discussed it at the start of the show. We did discuss it. I'd honestly, if it was my way, I probably would have Cherry Evans in and put Munster at centre. But at the same time, the only reason Conk's I... Conk's still going to be doing the majority of the kicking. He will way, be, yeah. but Cherry Evans has got a good kicking game. I think Cherry Evans has got one of the better long kicking games as yeah. well. And I think he's proved before, like hit the goalpost on the weekend, I think he's got a pretty good short kicking game. Yeah. But if they don't work together as a ball-playing pair... Munster clearly works in better with that spine because he plays at Melbourne, so I can see upsides for both. But I think the big issue why kick pressure came in game one, like I said, not only was he the one option, but he was constantly kicking from a piss-poor spot because their forward pack was wrong. They didn't lay a platform to kick off the back of. Mm. Um, I thought they had the forward pack to at least compete with us. In game two, which takes a bit of pressure off him when he does kick, he was kicking on the front foot more often than not. Yeah. Um, whereas game one, they were desperado kicks under pressure from inside their own 30. So, yeah. Mm. Daniel Connors, why can't the Knights play two halves of football? Well, I think I've been to this one. Because they don't have the experience across the park and consistent first-grade performers. Yeah, well, I've said this. Across the 17, so. said this a hundred times. Squad is undermanned. They're young. They're not up for it. They burn out in games. They're not a big side. They're struggling to make a 1,000 metres every week. Most things are against them, but teams come after them. Simple. Yeah. They fall apart and... Um, it's a big ask so far, and they're doing the right thing. They're promoting their kids. A couple of their best 20s kids, Nick Meaney, Tom Starling, have been pushed up the New South Wales Cup. They're doing everything they can to build first graders. Apparently, they've signed Herman Asese and Tao Tao Monga from the Broncos, which I like both of those players, um, to go there with Guerra. Um, you know, if, if these are a couple of moves they're making and they're pushing their kids through, they're doing the right thing, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's just a patience thing. Everyone keeps banging on this drum, why can't we win games? You just don't have the talent. And Ponga's coming as well next year, so... Just patience, simple. Things don't happen overnight. And he's got here with Connor Watson, Tigers bound, two to the Knights target for the halves. Or do you think maybe Ross to fullback next year and Ponga in the halves? Ponga's not playing on the halves. He's playing at fullback for the money they paid him. Ross, at best, if Gagai's leaving, you could play him in the centres. But if they've bought Monga, Monga's going to be playing in the centres. So that pretty much takes care of that on its, its own. But... Halves, again... Uh, they'll stick with the two they've got. Hocko, they're not going to bring back and they'll free up that money next year and they'll probably spend it. They can get in the market. Yeah. But I think Lamb's a shoe in to stay. Lamb's yeah. a long-term option. Cogger this year hasn't played as much. I don't know if he's injured or not, but he's an option there. They sign up for a couple of years. He's only a baby. If not, the 700K, once Hodkinson leaves, I think they'll get in the market next year and try and buy somebody. Hmm. Yeah, again, I agree with that. You but can't it... panic buy, and they're no. not doing that. Matty White, halves conundrum at Brisbane. Four players have to turn to three at most, two misses out. Well, I think I've already made that pretty clear. I would go Hunt with Benji, and I'd get Milford surgery because apparently his shoulder's wrecked and they're willing to risk him. I wouldn't because if it can be turned in from an eight- to 12-week issue to six- to nine months, I'd rather just get it fixed now instead of breaking a player I've just spent $3 million keeping at my club. Yeah. And I have Nick Rimmer as the bench utility. 
And he's also said, surely Canberra... I agree. Surely Canberra are done. Well, they're not done, but they're on absolute life support. And a loss this week would definitely see me put the pen through them. But I don't have a whole lot of faith they're going to get in at this point in time, that's for sure. No. David Neal. Sharks haven't put up that kind of shit for three seasons. What's doing down at the Shire? Well, they're a little bit of a premiership hangover, I would say. Uh, They've got a lot of guys backing up. But... They had a, they had a fair chance to recover, didn't they? Wednesday to Sunday, home field, dry track, big game against Manly. It's hard to really make excuses for them, oh. uh, and it's been a consistent sort of trend at home this year. In that they haven't performed very well there. I, to me, it just looks like they're going to do enough to get to the finals, and then they'll probably spark up come the finals. But whether they're whether they're going to be good enough. And winning is a habit, and how you play is a habit. And at the moment, they're playing with a lot of ill discipline. You can't really just flick a switch and change that. So that's the worry for me if I'm a Sharks fan, but on Clark. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So they've got the players there. I'm not panicking just yet because, like I said before, worst completion at the comp, one of the most heavily penalised sides. They've got 10 wins. You've mm. got five guys in there. They said they basically flattened out last year. Luke Lewis, all those guys said with three to four weeks to go, they knew they were in the top four. They struggled. Yeah, because they just wanted to get to the finals, and they did turn it on. Um, there's obviously a different dynamic. I think they're struggling a little bit in attack because Braley doesn't offer as much, so there's more pressure on Townsend and Maloney. And defensively, Maloney's been pretty poor this year. Holmes has been good running, but he's not exactly the ball player either. So I think that's probably my main issue moving to the finals. I think they can clean up the completions. Um, I think their defense is good enough, but their attack with the new one and nine, I don't think they're as dynamic in that sense. And I yeah. probably couldn't say him beating Melbourne or... Uh, the Roosters, to be honest. No, I, I don't think so. Right I could now. see him playing a prelim again, but I don't know if I could see him moving into the grand final. Mm-hmm. And if it was, it'd be off the back of that gritty forward pack and just a real strangling style game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Knight's girl said, we need someone else in those halves uh, better than what they've got at the moment because they're useless. So she's obviously not a fan of Feeney oh. and Liam. Uh, I think, again, you need a decent forward pack to move forward and you need better players around you. So, uh, yeah. It's a process. Uh, other people here, big fan of the Rostog, but like to see more than 40 minutes from him before we make our minds up about him playing fullback. Well, he's, he's not going to play Not going to be your fullback. Uh, Pong is going to be your fullback. Rostog will either be a center or a winger again next year. Yeah. Uh, who else we got here? We've got a couple more popping up. No, nah, it's more people talking about the uh, West Tigers setup. Curtis says, no need to replace the West Tigers logo, but they should be at Campbelltown. Perth needs its own identity too. Every, wherever we're going to land, they need their own identity. Yeah. And you can't. If you want people to buy in, don't shift a problem into another demographic, another city, and rebrand it. They need their own brand. And I just, yeah, you can't split Balmain and that because already it's being run. It's already a joint venture. But it's been run by one side. So I'm sitting here, people going, they split them. How can you split them if they can't last? The NRL has to completely fund it. Hmm. That's not working. Matty Hunt, I hope you boys had a good weekend. The passenger of the week, his favorite one, is Queenslanders only. 
With all the time Fox oh. League has on 24-hour channel, you would think they could have more shows relating to their wider audience. It's a show full of bias and only focuses on a small segment of the game. Would much rather have you boys in the telly after League Life or NRL 360. Keep up the great work, you legends. Thanks, brother. Cheers, mate. Uh, I don't watch that bullshit show either. Queenslanders only. I tried once. What a flog off. Because literally at the start, they said, we're going to talk a fair bit about Titans, Cowboys, Broncos. I thought if I get a little bit more insight, and they want to, and they didn't. They talk just rambled about Queensland and yeah. ripped on New South Wales. Because they're their own country, wankers. Like, okay. Thanks for half an hour of my life. I'm never no. going to get back. and Yeah. Quite painful. Mateo, I've watched no more than 30 seconds of it. One episode was enough for it's me. Bullshit. I was done. Mateo says, I know it's a cliche, but I'd like to revisit the Pierce in Origin issue. Oh, we're, oh damn. We've already gone over this. What's Mateo. he saying? Does he want to... He, he said he's got two field goals at club level this year, which is great. And he's Three, clubs, actually. His clubs, Three. His club's flying. They have a great roster across the board. It's not just him. And he's got that in capitals. It's not just him. Yeah. Uh, he's had so many chances now and lost at home again with a dominating forward pack and a big halftime lead. Is this his last final chance? I'd have Moylan at six, Moylan at seven for game oh, three. Moylan. Well, Maloney dished. Uh, sorry, Moylan dished up an absolute shit sandwich on the weekend and showed <laughs> that he has no idea what he's doing inside twenty. And I'm going to throw this out again. Any Panther fan you want to argue with about it, feel free. All these stats on Fox, most points, most meters, most offloads, everything. The last six or five rounds, you haven't beaten anyone on top of you in the ladder. You haven't beaten the top eight side. You've beat the Warriors. You've beat the Dogs. you beat the Knights. you beat the Tigers. You've beat the fucking lowest of the low in the NRL. You had Jonathan Thurston missing, a team that backed up from Origin, on their home deck, fast deck, absolutely just shat the bed. And yeah. you couldn't get the job done against a side that's going to barely limp into the eight and get knocked out of the finals. Moylan's not playing 5-8 with Maloney. No. It's not happening. And again... I think on the weekend he was okay, but people ran at him and he got bullied a little bit more in defence, which is what I've said the whole time along. If yeah. he's going to play in the front line, he's going to be rock solid. And at origin, I'm trying to think what side of the field he'd be on. Maloney's on the left. He'd be on the right if he was going to be playing. Yeah, and he plays on the left. And he club. plays at the left at the moment on club. And he's not been playing halves, obviously, the last couple of years. And who would be running him that edge? Who's the back on the left side? They'd have Papali. It's, well, no. Well, it was Cooper. Played, yeah, Cooper. It'd be Cooper again. They're not going to drop Cooper. Oh, Christ. I'd be putting Papali on when he comes off the bench and pushing Cooper in tight and just running the big man at him. Just absolutely kill him. Um, You know, I can't do it. I know the Roosters do have a half-decent side. He's been great at club, but we basically went over this whole argument before. Uh, Frame it however you will. There's not a better half in New South Wales. Club or origin. If you want to sit here and tell me that Adam Reynolds is going to do a better job, Josh Reynolds or Trent Hodkinson getting dragged out, Aiden Caesar, Blake Austin... Feel free. The dish up any of those shit sandwiches, New South Wales is in no better situation. The forward pack stopped going forward in the second half. That's not Pierce's fault. No. Um, you know, he did go a bit sideways along with Maloney, but our forwards didn't do a good job. Fafita didn't get over 100 metres. They did a great job inside pressuring him. They shut him down. The best we looked was when Trevojevic and Clemmer got on. So it's everybody's fault in the second half. Again, this targeting of Pierce, I just don't understand. Yeah. We have sucked for 10 years for a reason, and we always find excuses or someone to blame. Uh, love your work, Mateo, and you always have great questions, but I strongly disagree on this point. Yeah. Uh, Benny, well, we went over it earlier. Yeah. yeah. Benny Goodwin, what Sydney team would you relocate? None. Well, relocate zero, and I'd punt any that aren't financial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, there, there it's going to get to a point where the NRL just stops propping these teams up. And yeah, the simple. teams at the moment are making a lot of demands in terms of we want this much money and exactly. the players want this much money, but... They've both got to understand that it's not the NRL's job to prop them up. Exactly. Tigers took a loan and the West Side had to float them. Newcastle took a loan. had to take a loan. They've taken a loan. The Dragons were in trouble and were trying to consider the option. 
I think they actually did take a loan. They did, six mil. Or there you go. Yeah. They had a loan as well, and then they knocked back that guy from Wynn who tried to buy the club because they didn't want to give him control. And he said, "Well, piss off," because I'm tipping in eight million or whatever. Yeah, I want to run the joint. Mm. Um, and I don't blame him. If I'm investing in something and it's my eight to ten million dollars, I want say of what's going on. Yeah. So everyone here going about relocating a moving thing. Just fucking do your job properly and run the club. If you can't run the club when they're giving you salary cap money off three or four million dollars, you don't deserve to be in the competition. Hmm. Um, do a better job. Simple. And there's not many that do a decent job of governance, but yeah, all this uh, movement and, and stuff like this, uh, there's, there's too much talk about it. Simple. Do your job properly and you don't get moved. Jay Smith, boys, I might be overreacting, but is anybody else thinking the celebration of the Roosters win in particular? Pierce's attitude after the beating Storm outfit was without four of the best players who are already huge outsiders in odds way, way overboard. I thought for a second they had just won a second origin or possibly the comp. Well, looking at it this way, they were missing two forwards. Obviously, like Tokiaho has played for the Kiwis. They're missing Cordner. They were down 12 points at the end of the game. They've found a way to take it to Golden Point. It took three sideline conversions. They probably shouldn't have won that game. Um, and, yeah, he slotted a near impossible field goal. So, from my point of view, if I was there, I'd be pretty excited too. Because I, I wouldn't have expected to win that game. No, no. Um, I, I get it, Mason, a bit full on without the big three there and whatever. But they've just crawled back from being three tries down. Yeah, excited with the win. Yeah. But outside of that, forget it. Yeah, well, I just yeah. forget it. I'm not, Melbourne not, are going to take more out of that win than what the Roosters will. Hundred percent. Their young kids have seen both sides of the coin now, two weeks in a row, which is really good for their learning curve. Joe Comfries, what do we need to do to stop players' team deliberately giving away penalties on their own line? We aren't seeing it as often in the last month or so, but when the attacking team is halted by deliberate infringement, there's no advantage from the penalty, especially if it's early in the tackle count. Well, that's very obvious, and there's an easy way to do this again. The five-minute sin bin, they're not talking about it. There needs to be a punishment. Exactly. Or, yeah, third warning, done. Or I like someone else, I was reading that before, someone someone else made the suggestion that it should, should be a seven-tackle set. Well, he's got that here. On yeah. He says, I think we need to see the ensuing set, yeah, seven tackle set. This would add extra pressure to the like that. team and actually make goal line penalties costly instead of a 30-second breather. Mm. Well, I'd be happy... Well, the person, if there's a box at the back of the in goal, the per- whoever gives away the deliberate penalty has to uh, have that set out. I don't know. Right? Just five minutes in bin. If you yeah. give three or four a run away, the five minutes... Like whoever, whoever gives away the third, you're in the bin. Ten minutes too harsh, but five minutes enough to stop yeah. inside 20s. It's that we've because by the time they've scored, kicked the goal, two or three minutes are gone anyway. Yeah, we've said it a hundred times, but they have to do it. Uh, Andrew Pointer got a few for you boys. One with the last six weeks of the schedule, any games you're particularly looking forward to? Oh, I haven't really looked at the last six weeks as of yet. I, I think, did. I did have a quick look. I think the Storm play Manly. I'm looking forward to that because I thought the game earlier in the year we blew a lead and we always have good games against them and I think yeah, that's, also, that's at Amy Park on a Sunday Arvo in round 21. I also think Melbourne is playing the Roosters again too. So us and the Roosters I think are two teams that are vying for the grand final so uh, that's one I'd be looking forward to. Sharks Raiders. You've got, you've got Manly Roosters. This is round 22. So two teams that'll be... You round know, 23 you've got Bronco Sharks which will be a good, good game. game of footy. Storm Roosters like I said. Storm Roosters. Amy Park Hope, Yeah and that's going to be... How does that pull a 5.30 game on a Saturday? Like I know I realise Melbourne don't rate overly well but if that's not a Friday night or Sunday Arvo game I'll bang my head on the table. Yeah. Uh, Warriors Raiders will be important you'd imagine by that time because both of them will be trying to fight well one of them is going to need to win that game definitely Yeah. Uh, Broncos Dragons will be interesting because in round 24 that will be getting to the point where the pressure's on the Dragons a little bit 
Cowboys, Sharks. You've got Raiders, Panthers in round 24. Well, if they're both still in contention, that's got some weight to it. Yeah. Um, the other round, oh, this round looks a bit ugly. Sharks, well, Roosters. Sharks, Roosters, round 25. And then you've got Warriors, uh, Seagulls again. Panthers, Dragons. That could be a, a battle for the top eight. And then in the final round, you finish off with the blockbuster that is the Cowboys, Broncos. Uh, what else have we got that week? You've got Manly, Panthers. You don't really know how that one's going to pan out. Storm Raiders, it could be that Storm uh, Raiders need to beat the Storm to get in. There's a lot of hypotheticals here, and yeah, well, I guess these games will, their importance and how excited we are about them will depend on how much is on them. Well, particularly, the if, on. I only really looked at the Melbourne ones, but I, I always reckon Manly, Manly, a Melbourne Manly games are always great, and then the Roosters one, because yeah. I think they're the best two. Bring teams. back the hate. Yeah, they're the best two teams in the comp. Uh, number two, he says, since he shift, do you think Matt Moylan looks better at 5-8 as he finally gets the ball more like he wanted? Well, the first two games were good, but they're against sides, again, like I said, bottom of the eight, under them not playing as well on the weekend uh, against a side missing Thurston. I thought he was pretty ordinary. No, I think, I, I think they're better with him there. No, no doubt a, in There's a better mind. balance in their current yeah, spine. Yeah, better than how they were playing previously. Uh, but is he, the, is he perfect in 5-8? No, still needs to develop a lot. Yeah. And defensively, obviously, he's going to have to get better. Uh, he says, Benji, turning about the clock, or was this a once-off? Well, no, think... well, it's been three or four weeks in a row now. He's played really argue. well. Yeah. And, you know, Wayne doesn't overcomplicate things, and he's got a bit smarter. He's got older. He's realised he's not the same as he was when he was younger, so uh, he's not going to float around. He threw a little bit of it in there on the weekend with the grabber and the step, but yeah. it was open for him. He's not trying to do that every single play and overplay his hand. And four, he says, do you have Horn or Pacquiao and any interest in Mayweather McGregor freak show? Well, we mentioned McGregor Mayweather last week. I think a boxer versus him, pretty straightforward. He probably wins that fight. Mm. Uh, McGregor's always got his puncher's chance. Anyone's got his puncher's chance. But I think Mayweather probably would have said it to be, I didn't look at any of the specifics, but I reckon the heaviest possible gloves, the biggest ring, all those kind of things to favor him to counter, dance around, just get in and out yeah. and avoid getting hit. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll watch it. But I don't have a super interest in it. Horn and Pacquiao, uh, I think if Horn's ever going to beat him, or if anyone's ever going to beat him, it's now. He's, he's a bit old, old Pacquiao. Mm. Um, but I love Pacquiao. I absolutely love Pacquiao. If that, if that fight was in New South Wales, I don't know what it cost about there. I probably would have tried to go. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen probably enough of Jeff Horn. Have you seen much of Jeff Horn? Yeah, I've seen a lot of Horn's fights. Do I give him a chance? Yes. Do I think he'll win? No. I think mm. Pacquiao... Well, it, depending on what Pacquiao turns up, but... Yeah, Pacquiao uh, is a world-class, proven performer. I love Pac-Man, I really do. Mm. He's Rob- getting, getting on a lot, yeah. Pac-Man. So. Matty Roberts has basically touched on something we already have. The Maroons dilemma, Thurston Boyd out who replaces them. I know you guys like Norman, but do they play Morgan, Munster, maybe the Storm Connection, etc.? Um, and does Queensland play a utility or another middle? Well, we said this before, mate. They're, probably get, they're always going to keep a utility for some reason. We wouldn't. I'd rather probably have Felice. Or Guerra or Thido, someone on the bench, have an extra forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're probably not going to do that. Morgan's a ready-made utility. Munster to centre, if not Oates back on the wing. And Gagai there, and you can play Cherry Evans. There's a few ways you could frame it. But I think that Morgan stays as the bench utility. And they find uh, a centre and a halves partner in DC and Morgan. Or work it somehow that way. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Brad Swift, why is Matt Bishop's fantasy team so goddamn good? No idea. Who is Bish? I don't know, but good on Matt. It's godlike. It can't be stopped, apparently. Obviously, their league, he uh, he dominates. Uh, Matty Bishop, good stuff, good stuff. Mitch Eady, how good was the Roosters-Melbourne uh, game considering the players out, particularly for Melbourne? Sure, this is an absolute lock for a grand final, given minimal injuries. 
And was the wing play in that match from Adokar, Vunabalu, Tupo, Ferguson, specifically finishing the best you've ever seen? Well, it was pretty bloody good from a winger's perspective. Adokar has been outstanding since he's been at Melbourne. Vuni, another good one. Tupo still has a bad error in him, but he can finish well. And I think Ferguson in origin was outstanding. He's been better as the year's gone on. Yeah. Um, the start of the year, I, w- I wasn't a real big fan. I thought he was playing quite poorly. It is a contract year in that situation. still not settled, but... Um, the Australian game and these rep games so far, I think he's been really, really good. Andrew Wales, he says, I think Townsend kicks in play to get repeated sets would help the Blues enormously. So clearly somewhere else here. He has another question bringing up Chad Townsend playing Origin. Uh, and actually, out of all the halves we talked about before, if you want to talk about form this year, he's probably one of the only ones close to Pierce. Yeah. He's forced a lot he's of one, sets. He's one that we've, we've missed, Done we missed a, in our discussion earlier. Done a solid job always, yeah. but again, um, compared to him and Pierce, if you weigh the two off, I'm still taking Pierce. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Uh, Michael Johnson, why is Moses and Bly thinking of making the Queensland Origin team instead of a decent fifth tackle option? It's a great point, Michael. It is a great point. He should be more worried about holding yeah. his spot in first grade and being a decent first grader. No hope. Before he even thinks about playing for Queensland. The fact, he didn't bring it up. Nah, but the fact that Kev Walters mentioned it, he should give himself a triple. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, that's absolute insanity. Uh, Jack Marquand, he's got here thoughts on nines entering the Commonwealth Games. Personally, I think it's a great idea and I hope it comes through. So, rugby league nines. Mm. I can understand, uh, I guess, but the Commonwealth Games. Come on, I don't know. I think how long are they going to be? Around who's for? in the Commonwealth? Who's going to be decent in that? That's like Australia, New Zealand. Does that include Fiji and a few people? I don't know. Yeah, Commonwealth countries. So you'd need them to all get behind it, though. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I, it could be a good idea. I would enjoy watching it, but honestly, I don't watch the Commonwealth Games. So yeah, um, I would watch that if I was there. But I think it's pretty obvious that it's just Australia, and New Zealand as usual that would be doing all the damage. Yeah, and this goes back to what. Andrew had here, I guess this has probably got the mention. He says, Channel 9 to get four games a weekend. I think they're realising that a more high-quality sports to stay relevant. Well, that's very, very true. Obviously, Fox flooding the market there, having the share line of games and simulcasting their games. So people just usually watch Fox like that's what I do. Yeah. Sounds like Flano has given the Sharks a huge spray this week after the Manly totally own them. I hope they click soon, and I know they can, but without a decent hooker for a while, it'll be tough. How about you? Well, Seguiara is only two weeks away. I think he's the better long-term fit than Braley. He'll get the share line of the minutes when Braley comes back. Better in attack, better defensively. Solves that problem we've kind of just mentioned before about having a bit more diversity in their attack. And he's a good running threat. Uh, for now, I don't know what everyone's panicking about. I reckon New Brown's best positions hooker, which yeah, is what the Bulldogs I, have signed. When they named him, I thought, wow, that's Everyone's nice. crisis this week. I think he's a better nine than Mortimer. And uh, I reckon he would have been up there with Braley, to be honest. He's a better defender than Braley. Yeah. Um, so I have no problem with that situation. And then you get Seguiara in two weeks, so it wouldn't be panicking there. What changes, if any, for Origin 3? I personally wouldn't, unless there's injury. Seems to be a push for Gal. There's no way Gallen comes back in. And the fact that somebody even compared Gal, in my opinion, to Brad Fittler, Andrew Johns, Alfie Langer, needs to give themselves a triple. He's a ball-hogging forward. Uh, without him and Farrow, we've looked so much better. Uh, a front row having 20 carries and shark and runs doesn't make a difference as compared to a, a six or a seven. Absolutely. You know, I can't remember who wrote that article, but Fox Sports give yourself a triple. Yeah, it was some. I did read it. It was someone. Yeah, it was pretty poor. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Ian Stanmore, is it the fact that Laurie Allen care vitals have TV gigs ruining the Origin rivalry? I've never seen two opposing coaches be so complimentary to each other before on NRL 360 each week. I really just want Daly to have some mongrel about him and not say we got lucky in winning game one. Yeah. I think he's they just... They kiss each other's ass. Yeah, well, they're also former teammates. Didn't Walters play at Canberra before he went to Brisbane? 
Or was mm. that his brother? He spent a couple of years at Canberra, didn't he, to start off? Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. They All the uh, Walters brothers played at Canberra before yeah. they were Brisbane, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm not that old, but... Well, still, yeah, Kevin, played Kevin did play it at the... Yeah, they the played together there and they played in Australian sides together. They are mates. Most people from that Canberra system are all out there coaching, so it is a bit hard for them, I guess, to go after each well, other. Well, there was a little bit of spite before the game. Yeah, about the referee cards. But Kevin Mulder's got it totally wrong. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I can kind of agree with you. I did enjoy it. But then again, you see the personal... The stuff with Ricky Stewart the other year, like, he made things a little bit entertaining, I guess. But at the same time, we didn't back it up, did we? So No. It's one thing to talk shit, and, uh, but you've got to get the job done, so... I don't have a big deal with the coaches. I don't focus on that. I focus more on the game. I'm more excited about the product and the players. And uh, I hope. I think this has been one of the better Origin series as far as on-field stuff. I've really enjoyed it the first two games. I think yeah. it's been good. Benny Storer, thoughts on Daily Telegraph article regarding culling one Sydney club. I feel a rugby league cannot afford to disenfranchise any fans for a small sport. Well, obviously, Benny, you'd be a little bit worried because everyone keeps bringing up the Tigers set of things. I think we've touched on this enough, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be getting rid of, but simply uh, they're already floating enough clubs. If somebody did fall apart, it would be by natural attrition, more like Brock was saying in the funding. And if you can't survive, you're on your own because the NRL somehow with this billion-dollar TV deal is having to take out a bridging loan to get funds. So you can't keep propping people up. If somebody's not doing the job, they can just die. Yep. And if somebody dies, then let, let a WA Pirates or someone who had a license or the Brisbane Bombers with money come in, chip in and kick themselves off and then give them a little bit of the share of the salary cap money instead of propping teams up that can't do the job properly. Mm. That's the way I'd be happy for teams to come in. Um, but apparently, I was way too young. 1995 Super League, I was five years old. They obviously had to shrink after the Super League war and all that ended. People were talking more about the financials. And, and I don't know, I wouldn't have a clue because I was only five at the time, six or seven when it ended that Adelaide and the WA franchises actually didn't run at a loss. They were just culled as part yeah, of the right. whole thing ending. Yeah. So you look at the games when they have gone to Perth, they do sell it out. Could they sell it out every week or get 20,000 plus? I don't know, but it's only one team. Mm. And Adelaide on the weekend, they sold 25,000 tickets for a Melbourne side and a Sydney side. So if they had their own team, their own players, and it wasn't that bad, there's no reason to say you wouldn't survive in either of those markets. But your first two expansion points, if you were going to do it, are Brisbane and New Zealand, two teams, or WA before Perth. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Perth in WA before Adelaide, sorry. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd agree wholeheartedly. I Look at the crowd that they got to Adelaide. I know it's one game, but you've also got to take into account Melbourne had a lot of players out. I don't know how many of those tickets were sold prior to knowing the teams that were named. Probably they would have sold the majority, I guess. But yeah. Perth always sells well. Uh, they're they're going to take an origin game there, so... There's obviously a long-term plan to take some sides there, but I, I do agree with the NRL. I'd rather go slowly and surely than rush in and get ourselves into the situation where we have clubs folding again. But well, You don't want to put your finger in I too think many we need pies. to sort here first. Sort yeah. Sydney, work out who's going to be financial long-term, make sure all those clubs are right, and that is the philosophy. I think there's, it's an absolute no-brainer that ASAP we need to put another side in Brisbane because there's enough quality players in the Interest Super Cup up there that could play, I think, and fill that side. More Queenslanders would move back there if there was another side again. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer, but you're going to need to move two in at the same time. So, Or unless one of the Sydney clubs folds and and they are replaced by the second Brisbane. But to me, if you want to lift attendance, and the the commission always talks about lifting attendance, then you need to ensure that 
you're getting good crowds and to only have what 12 games in Brisbane each year yeah, and they, or 14 games in Brisbane each year and they, they get 50 odd K to each if you want to raise your attendances and get games a, every week there's a point coming about up about the Brisbane attendances in a second but we'll speak about that but Benny I wouldn't be too worried about the Tigers set up I think the whole Campbelltown thing that's been spoke about multiple times probably does need to happen and uh, make a decision where they are going to base themselves because they lose money every time they set up at Leichhardt um, what they have to fork out to run a game out of there they probably should start taking care of the West a little bit more or the mm. southwest pocket of the franchise. Uh, Mick Craig says, what can the rugby, what can the RL do to combat the poor behaviour of parents at junior matches, strategies, thoughts? Well, I think there's not much else they can do. I think some grounds were starting to pay for security guards for the weekends, for Christ's sake. It's Well, I, the behaviour needs to change. The behaviour needs the to behavior change. The behaviour needs to change. I think it's the not... problem is there's too many spade parents out there that just carrying like absolute pork chops that one security guard's not enough to maintain a whole ground. It's it's pretty sad. Yeah, but it's the got... behavior, suspend the kids then. Yeah. Well, well, as hard as I've, it is. I've seen that before with a guy that I played with when I was maybe 15, 16. It didn't change when his dad came back. He was no different two uh, years later. Penrith are doing that because yeah. I've ran into a few uh, kids, not at my school in particular, but a school we played a couple of weeks ago. A kid was suspended and uh, I asked him after the game, just having a chat with the... The young fellow, why are you suspended, mate? Oh, because my sister ran onto the field during a, during a brawl. So I, I got suspended. So I think it's good. It, it, I, I don't like the fact it hurts the players, but they've got to try different things in order to curb this sort of behaviour. Well, the fact you've got to have a bloody security guard at some point or they've thought about that is just horrendous. Graceful. And like I said, the, the, the sadder part is one's not enough to maintain some of the crowds. And No. I don't go to a whole lot of junior foot anymore because we're not really, really doing coaching around that sort of thing unless you're going to a, a friend's kids game at like eights or nines. Yeah, well, I went down to uh, Minchinbury. Minchinbury on the weekend and watched uh, my godson run around mm. and crowd, the crowds were fine. Yeah. There's still, still that stigma, oh, the coach is doing this and he's doing that and yeah. the referee. Like, I, think, I don't think you're ever going to get rid of that. No. Nah. I just think as long as that stays behind the fence and doesn't really affect the kids and it doesn't the, the players and or the referees and the coaches don't hear it, then play on. But to anyone that bags out a ref or bags out a coach at junior footy that's volunteering their time, my, my point would be do it yourself. Yeah, Stick well, your head up and do it. Because none of you do. You're all sideline critics. Uh, there's nothing harder to do than referee. I've had to referee a few school games and... Even oppose games at twenties level, it, it's it's very 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 difficult. The referees have a very very difficult job, and they should be respected. And I think the harder we work collectively as a game to get the referees up to scratch and make sure there's plenty of young junior referees coming through, the better the game's going to be. Yeah, Nick, uh, I think there's plenty being done, like strategy, thoughts, whatnot. But like I said, the fact they have to have security guards and whatnot there to combat it in some areas, crazy. They're banning parent, they're banning the kids when the parents get involved. I think they're doing enough. I just think there's too many people out there that are too stupid. Uh, for their own good, to be honest. Which yeah. It's very unfortunate, though. Uh, Stuart Bulk was gutted the storm lost on Saturday, but got to say our future looks bright. If we can keep the players we have, um, the key to that is Craig Bellamy. My question is, when Bellamy packs it in, can his son, Aaron Bellamy, be seen as a possible successor, or will we have to look towards an already seasoned coach? Thanks for the show, guys. It kicks ass. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I... Well, his son's been developing there for a while now, and he's got... Who's the... he coached, but Who's he ever coached? Well, it doesn't really matter if he's running the system. No, not really. Not if he's learned under uh, the best and he's doing a good job there. And he's yeah, managing... I still think you need a coach. He's managing some pathways, right? but yeah, I think he's put him straight on his staff. Could that be a transition? If he's learnt enough off his old man and they have confidence in him, I think so, but... Um, they've got Jason Riles there, who they're obviously a big fan of. Adam O'Brien just got extended for a few more years. He's been there for a while. 
they're all possible people. Maybe Sunder stays in, as an assistant, but he seems a lot more calmer than uh, his old man, that's for sure. Yeah. But I, he does. I, I don't know enough about it. He's also I, not the head coach either. So no. things change when things it's your uh, backside on the line. I suppose it'll all be about the learning curve, though. Um, and he, he seems to have been there for a few years now and he's learning, but they like O'Brien, so they'd have to wait and see what happens. But I think they'd keep the job internal, if you're asking me, hmm. someone that's been there for a long time. So um, if he's there in a couple of years' time and he's doing a good job and O'Brien or Riles, they're not going to go outside the box, in my opinion. They'll keep somebody who's seen the system and want to carry it on. Yeah. William Robertson, this is the one I was expecting. He says, I don't expect any sympathy from other club supporters, but I'm sick to death as a Broncos fan having them play every Friday night. I understand the benefits of a full week rest and the television exposure, but I much prefer to see them run out on a Sunday uh, afternoon or a Saturday night once in a while. Less of a question, more of a rant. And I think this kind of touches on what we're getting at before. Um, they get one game every now and then, Friday afternoon, straight after work. Um, I know 8 o'clock's not too bad, but some people probably don't feel like it on a weekend. But if you could whip the appetite with two games... I think if you had a Sunday game in Brisbane or a Friday game every couple of weeks, they probably would get crowds of 30,000, 40,000 every single time. So that's why it's one of these markets that, uh, yeah, I think they've got to invest in if they're going to move somewhere else. Agree. Paul Giros, crowds in country footy. NRL can sugarcoat whatever fans have lost interest and they promise the world for the country yet deliver bugger all. Get some people in who really give an F. Sorry, toss about the game. Well... We said the other week about the, the city-country thing. One game doesn't supplement the whole country. All the clubs should have to at least take one game to a different area that they're allocated. And there is some clubs trying to do the right thing. Penrith are investing in Bathurst, going there for 10 years, getting some juniors out of there. They're even talking about investing in that, um, moving forward with the under-20 state comp or trying to get them with a team up and running and self-sufficient or something along the lines of that. I can't remember what I read the other day, but there should be more done for the country, mate. You're right. Matty Roberts, James Money is a great footballer, but after watching the last few Sharks games, his penalties seem to be killing them at crucial times in games. Do you think he needs to adjust his attitude, or is this just a hangover since pulling on the Blues jersey? Mm. Well, we spoke about I it earlier. It's, it's something it's a hangover. I think his attitude to defence just needs to get better full stop. Yeah. Sometimes he looks reluctant, or it's almost like, oh, God, they're running at me again. But with the amount of tackles he does miss or laying on, you realise most of the time you're going to get a quick play of the ball a missed tackle or a penalty out of him. So mm. it's easy to keep going for him. So I think he just has to suck it up a bit and try and be a bit better defensively. And that first set on the weekend, the, the effort he made on Cherry Evans and Syringham was basically none. He ran up, sat in the chair, they just went straight past him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't put it down to origin. Dan Bensley, is it possible that the Raiders aren't underperforming but just aren't as good as a lot of people thought? What was that one? Is it possible that the Raiders aren't yeah, underperforming yeah, yeah. but just aren't as good as a lot of people thought? Well, we're basing our opinions on last year. And we were guilty of that at the start of the year. I guess that's all you can sort of roll off early doors when you're looking at paper and you look at last year's form. But this year, they may not be as good. And yeah. certainly their results suggest that they aren't. I think, again, like yeah, I said, they don't look as happy. I think there's a little more behind the scenes probably as well within that group. And they've yeah. lost a bit of depth. So, yeah, there's, there's more going on than meets the eye. Ben Nobes, not trying to be disrespectful to him because I think he's a fantastic player, but do you think Cooper Cronk would be held in the high regard he is today if he wasn't playing outside Smith his entire career at every level? I don't think another player would have been able to play that role as perfectly, but when I think future immortals, I think Smith and Thurston are certain. Slater is probably, but don't consider Cronk in the same league. I don't consider Cronk an immortal. Yeah, well, he's splitting hairs. I, oh, I don't consider him an immortal. I've said before, to the system in Melbourne, I think he's the least important part. He does his job that way, but 
Uh, I think Smith's the most important part, and Slater's just so unique, and he's probably the best fullback of a generation. I think Kronk has admitted himself that if he wasn't there at that club with that coach and those players at the time, he probably wouldn't have played 300 games. He openly said that himself at the start of the year. Yeah. But you can't deny the fact he's a fantastic footballer. Um, yes, he is a constructed half, and I don't think he's an immortal, but he's had an exceptional career. 300-plus games, all these rep games. Um, it's not his fault, I guess, that that spine fits so perfectly with Jonathan Thurston. They've dominated for 10 years. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it was any one of us, we wouldn't be complaining, would we? No, exactly so, right. I don't think he's an immortal, but can understand your opinion, Ben. Uh, appreciate it. Daniel Friend, watching Billy Slater live, you appreciate how much he does off the ball. He's insane. Do you guys prefer to watch live or on TV? Oh, I'd prefer to watch live, but when you're talking about comfort... No, we've done this a million times. Yeah, well. you'd Three games in a row, cost, all this kind of stuff. We generally But a good home. game live is, is the best experience you'll ever, you'll ever get. You're never going to get that same experience on television. If you're saying, could you... Like, look at the 20... What was it, 2015 grand final we saw? 2016. No. 2015, 2015 was, was Cowboys-Broncos. Imagine watching that at home compared to where we were. Oh, you couldn't great. get a better spot. No. You know, so. The atmosphere was outstanding. Even last year, the last 10 minutes of that game in the last play when the crowd were up, when that ball was moving around, when Melbourne had one last chance, that was absolute pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, who else we got here? Damien Pfeiffer. The Dragons lost some of their sting against a team with more running their legs. They get smoked. Well, it's just simple. They're flattened out. We said it last week. Teams look at video. They look at them. They're strong in the middle. They've made more of an effort to slow them down because with less time, McInnes hasn't been able to jump out and run. McCrone's been put under pressure and he's putting in poor kicks. It just puts more pressure on everyone. Yeah. And we said at the start of the year that you couldn't trust their spine, which is why we put them down the bottom. And teams are making a real effort now to slow down that forward pack. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, playing that high-energy power game, bash and crash and high-speed defense, it also wears on you a little bit. And they have flattened out in that regard as well. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Jack Package, Benji looks a lot thinner this year. Do you think he was playing with excess weight over the years? Milford has piled it on the last couple too. Do you think Milford would be more effective five to eight kilos lighter? Well, Milford was getting targeted in defence, so I know he looks a bit thicker, but if you look at him, it's mainly in his legs and the key areas. That's why he looks a bit bigger than my Yeah, opinion. I wouldn't be worried too much about that. I'm not worried about weight. I don't think Benji looks a whole lot thinner, to be honest. I think it's just a simple game plan. Uh, Wayne Bennett got the best out of him when he played for New Zealand, and he knows his role there. That's about as easy I think it is. Yeah. And Blake Bentley, the last one we got here. Um, after Manly's been on Sunday, do you guys look at them as serious contenders? Their forward pack is dominant every game they are playing, which is letting the halves flourish. Well, we touched on that. Yeah, we did. Start the show. Um, they're definitely a legitimate chance of top four. I couldn't see them winning the comp this year, but they're a legitimate side. There's no doubt about it. And that wraps up all the questions. An absolute stat. That was a mate. thousand. Yeah, that was an absolute mint, but that shows uh, all the listens out there. And I was probably going to say that right now. Just a big thank you to everyone, obviously, year by year. Things have grown. We've got a nice following. We appreciate the feedback, any questions, and uh, we're glad everyone enjoys the show. But the listens uh, are outstanding. Things have been growing. I think it was the Origin preview yeah, and the Round 15, mate, whatever it was that I did. We did the joint show. Origin preview and Round show before had close to 15,000 people listen to it. So Huge. Um, we really do appreciate the fact that you guys listen. We love the fact that you love the show. and. I'm going to plug it again. If you do have iTunes or you have an account, please take two seconds, go on there, rate the podcast, review it. It helps us up a whole heap. Um, and, yeah, we just absolutely love our listeners. So thank you for all your support. Keep listening to the show and uh, refer it to anyone else who loves rugby league. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't keep it to yourself, of course. Exactly. Set of six done, power rankings. We reviewed the games from the weekend and uh, obviously answered a 1,000 fan questions right now. So on to Mr. Gossip. We get all his dirt. 
and do the tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Henry, welcome back. A disappointed Panther man. It is Mr. Gossip, mate. The weekend must have given you the shits. Mate, Queensland pissed me off twice in one week with the Origin and then with the Cowboys. Seriously? Oh, it is unbelievable. And you're you're an unbiased, or you are a Panther fan, but you're unbiased, unlike some people whose opinions we've got. Surely you're not one of the ones who's banging on this drum that Matt Moylan goes straight into Origin. Because let me tell you, there's a few people out there who need to give themselves, give themselves a decent triple. up his defensive game um, even off the bench I just I don't see it. it's just a waste yep and there you go and this is why we've said it millions of times we love our teams but there's no bias towards them and that's from a Panther fan right there but off the depressing note of the Panthers and obviously New South Wales letting us down what's going on mate in the world of gossip what do you got for us well she's always quiet as we say every time this year we're in origin time but we've got a few things to chat about and um, nice segue. We'll go straight into the Panthers and a player that we've mentioned just about every week on the podcast is Mitch Rain. But it looks like the, the old Penny Panthers have thought, "Hey, we don't mind him now because they're about to offer him a, a deal, and they're going to offer Dylan Edwards a deal, which I mentioned last week." But surprise, Mitch Rain. He's 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 backed by popular demand at Penrith. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Parramatta would be a bit disappointed they didn't take him when they had the chance to before Wallace got hurt because. Mm. I said at the start of the year, he's a first-grade hooker. I don't know what the knock on him was, and the whole St. George and Mary thing was more a system issue and a money issue, but he's a first-grader. Um, I've said it before that I thought Peter Wallace was done as a half when he got hurt. Hooker kind of saved his career, but he's 33, 34, multiple injuries. He's injured again. Rain plays direct. He plays fast. He suits this side. I honestly think this is the end for Peter Wallace. It looks that way, doesn't it? Ominous. So... Uh, are we saying that Peter Wallace is fit and just not selected? Is that what we're saying? I think even when he comes back, the way they should be playing or want to play is direct, fast, that dummy half, offloads, pushing through the middle. Is there a spot for Wallace at this point in time? I don't know, but uh, they couldn't register, and we talked about this last week, Gossip, that Harawira and Naira deal until they moved on Hiku and a couple of others. So mm. I suppose from a pure cat point of view, could you keep Wallace around? Like I, I doubt he wants to play cup. Or I doubt Rain wants to go back to the bench. So um, yeah. yeah, while he's still able to barely bloody walk, he should go off to the UK. I, I'm, if I'm any any part of Penrith, I wouldn't have him at the club next year. Peter Wallace, I love him in the bit. He's one of my favourite Panthers. Tough as nails, local junior, all that crap. But um, um, you know he's done and dusted as far as I'm concerned. And and yeah, give Rain the, the shot, eighty minute uh, hooker for next season. Yeah, and I think, again, timing comes and they've moved up Wade Egan, who they're a big fan of, to New South Wales Cup. Sione Katoa has been playing a little there. I don't think any of those guys are ready to come up right now, but there's only so many you can keep on your books. And um, Wallace is purely a starter. He's not going to be a bench player, that's for sure, um, especially if he's going to be playing nine. And Rain's got time on his side. Uh, he's young. He hasn't had any injuries. He's only 26. So I'd be taking the Wallace money, whether that is a couple of hundred K and giving it to Mitch Rain. Yep, no, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, mate, still on hookers, and there's a few um, um, Facebook pages saying that Michael Leisha is going to Parramatta. I think even the mole mentioned that he's going to Parramatta. I'm hearing different. I'm hearing that Parramatta have gone cold on him, and there's not many other clubs interested in him. So where to for him? Um, maybe Parramatta, maybe, I don't know. Who, where would he go, boys? Tigers? 
no? No, well, you think they've got little. They re-signed McIlroy yeah, for two yeah. more years. Ballon has just moved what about, on. Uh, what about Manly? Manly. They got, I know they've got Coruscant there, but outside of him, yeah, they don't have, well, a they don't have anyone else. I, st- I said it earlier, and I still stick by it. The little glimpses I still see there. I blame Des Hasler. It's a system Sharks. thing for me. Could he go back to the Sharks? The Sharks could possibly use him if they're not a big fan of Braley, but they've got and Braley's new Brown's brother. Going. New Brown's going. Mortimer's just left. Yeah. Um, there's a few there. I think the big issue would be money. I don't think you could sit there and say right now, I'm not a fan of him. I, I honestly still i am adamant that it's more the system than it is the player. Um, he's been brought there. It's a complete opposite style to what he was playing at the Sharks where he had free reign. He used to probe. He scored tries. He basically makes 40 tackles. He's not allowed to kick. He doesn't get to create. It's just straight up and down. And um, I don't know. We're at the Titans. You've got no one else besides who you've got up there. No, thanks. Yeah, Nathan Peets. No, thanks. There's someone's got to pick him up. No, thanks. Yeah, again, I guess it's more a money thing. They thought they were going to get rain, remember, not long ago, but his fortunes have turned around with this injury, so um, they could do a lot worse, I think. But they've got a young bloke, Tom Starling, who they've promoted into their new South Wales Cup system along with Levi, but uh, could be a cheap option for them as well, yeah. Yeah. Last week I mentioned Connor Watson, lads, and I said that it's a, it's a race between the Tigers and the Knights. Tigers have won, and they're going to announce that he's going to be their fullback. Um, we were disputing a couple of weeks ago where is he going to play it looks like he will be a fullback at the Tigers at 500k per year tipping the Knights by 100k well they both haven't won many things so it's good that they've won something and it's a signing a player but we talked about this earlier the Lola here situation he was basically uh, convinced not to go to the Cowboys because he was guaranteed to be playing fullback next year and now you get another bloke who comes in paid a little bit more and where does Lola here fit in the whole situation it's it's one thing to get in the club, but can you keep him happy if he's not going to be playing in the halves or at fullback? Um, I don't know where he fits now if Watson comes across, so things get a little bit more interesting at the Tigers next year. Yeah. Oh, difficult one. I I don't I don't see how Watson can play fullback ahead of Lola here based on what I've seen, but they're obviously signing him with a fair bit of faith, so for me, Lola here would be uh, he'd be the one to kick off next season and Watson would be probably my bench utility. But, you know, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge between now and then. And Ivan Cleary's obviously got his ideas on what he wants and what the future looks like at the Tigers. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Mm. Well, I've had a bigger sample size of Lola here. What I've seen of yeah. Watson, I could easily see him excelling at fullback. He played really well at six at the back end of last year for the Roosters. He's tough as nails for his sides. And I can see him injecting himself into the back line with that breakneck speed. But... Clearly, that uh, doesn't happen without a decent forward pack. So, I think that's still mainly the focus for me with the Tigers for next season. Yeah. Uh, you might miss out on another one there. But um, one they have land is uh, Sean Kenny Dow. The deal is done. I think it may have even been announced this afternoon. I'm not sure. If not, it'll be announced tomorrow. Um, we did mention this in the podcast a few weeks ago, boys, that the deal was on, the deal was off, the deal was on. Um, a few phone calls and he's back. This is simply business, and we talked about it last week. Um, he would have went there looking for a bit of a payday. They kind of found a middle ground because he didn't have too many options, and then he fucked up pretty straightforward. And Newcastle yep. get to come back and what say, happened? "Well, guess I who? Yeah, guess who gets to bend you over the barrel? You need a club. You don't want to go to the UK. People may hate him. Here's rocks and diamonds, but his good games are a lot better than he's worse. And they need players. So this is a simple situation where they go, "Well, guess what, Sean? This is what we're willing to pay you now. Take it or leave it, or go to England." And um, I can't blame him for doing so. It is a business. It is a ruthless one, and this might be a small win just for the depth of their squad altogether. Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. 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 All right, boys. Well, 
boys, last one for the night. Uh, Michael Gordon um, has got an offer by the Bulldogs. I believe he will reject that offer and stay with the Chooks. Don't know how many years he's got left in him, uh, Michael Gordon. But playing, how could you? Playing, yeah, playing well this year. How could you want to go to the Bulldogs if you're Mick Gordon where you are right now? Don't the Bulldogs have enough yeah. outside backs? How about outside the, backs? When are the Bulldogs going to lose a player? That's the f- oh. absolute million-dollar question here. They can bring in foreign on more than Reynolds is le- uh, left for. They can bring in Woods and then not shed somebody. And the Cassiano thing to Melbourne's still not done, and he's coming almost double the amount he's on. They bring New Brown in, uh, I guess probably on similar or not as much as what Leash is on, but they re-sign Elliot. They've kept everybody. And they've re-signed everybody. Where do, when, do they, when do they lose a player? And then they can afford to make an offer for Mick Gordon. And clearly he's not stupid enough to go there. He's basically told the Roosters he'd take any kind of job next year just to stay on board. And I don't blame him because I think a premiership ring might be in the offing. Yeah. Cassiano will definitely go to Melbourne. If he doesn't go to Melbourne, I'll run down High Street and my wife's knickers. But he'll definitely be there. Shit, I, well, say that. I, I still think they need to shed more than Cassiano to get under the salary cap. Otherwise, they've no, got a, they've got the old sombrero happening as well. They obviously do have the sombrero. Shit me to tears, mm. Bulldogs. Sign everyone, let go of no one, and then you just turn them all into bad players. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the worst part. You're murdering careers, and yeah. Mick Gordon's smart enough to know that one. He's just going, oh, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll stay with the Roosters, and I don't blame him because... If it isn't this year with Tedesco next year and a couple other guys, um, I think he's doing the right thing. They need a goal kicker still. He could probably slot in on the wing and there's definitely a good chance for a premiership this year or next. Yeah. Is that everything, mate? That's, uh, that's everything. Well, finally, in the tips, uh, brought to you by WilliamHill.com and all the odds. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. Bet live on the games. Don't worry about these other dinosaurs who are living in the past. Get on the William Hill live betting you finally slipped up. We, you've had this massive lead the whole time. Every little thing has fallen your way, and every week I'm like, it's just not going to come. I told you. It's just little, little chips, mate. But just it, chip, chip it, it finally happened. You tipped one this week, and it, of all the teams to have got you the one point you got, it was the Warriors, the one team that usually just sticks the knife in and twists. Absolutely straight out of the night, eh? Yeah. Oh, the, Unbelievable. There was a couple that the Storm one let you down as well, the Golden Point game, but... You've got one this week. We both got four. So the score update, you still got a lead. You're on 77. Box is on 74, and I'm it's on 73. It's only a three-point gap. So, I, can, I can see him sweating <laughs> from here. <laughs> uh, everything's oh. tightened up a little bit. So we might, we might have a decent run home here. But kicking this round off, the first game, Parramatta Eels and the Bulldogs. Uh, Parramatta both got out. Pritchard out. Uh, they're both going to be missing for the season. Cameron King, after being exiled for almost three years, moves in. To play nine uh, and the bench there, Will Smith plays that utility role. Tepai Morrow returns. Eastwood and James Graham are both out on the Bulldog side of things. Brett Morris is back uh, and Sam Cassiano starts at prop. David Clamour returns to the starting side as well. Uh, the Bulldogs are just bad at football. Parramatta, I'm going to be going with them. Eels, Eels, Eels. Yeah, Eels, easy one for me. Graham, when he doesn't play, they don't win. 100% and they're just bad at football their attacks shithouse they're, they're just you know, yeah. they're deplorable they stink Parramatta I enjoy watching they're a bit thuggery they're a like bit, a bit of a thug side I enjoy it dirty nappy the Bulldogs <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the odds with WilliamHill.com the Eels are the favourites $1.50 dollar fifty two sixty five for the Dogs minus 6 is the line 1 to 12 Eels three dollars three ninety. the Dogs 13 plus Eels two seventy five seven dollars for the Dogs the second game is the Titans, Brock's Mob versus the Dragons. Uh, as far as the Titans are concerned, Roberts returns. Chris McQueen 
return. So a couple of guys back into the side. The Dragons, uh, Vaughney is out. McCrone has been bumped back to the bench. And uh, they've obviously got Ewan Aiken back this week. It's an absolute toss of the coin this game for me. I'm not 100% sure what way to go. But Boxhead, uh, you're favouring the Dragons. I'm favouring the Dragons because the Titans are shit. And they <laughs> beat up on the Tigers who... Fair Nick and Moron Massey Cup side could have knocked them off last weekend. That game is probably the worst game of footy I've seen in almost, I don't know, since the last shit game I watched. And there's been plenty this year, but um, <laughs> look, that game was ordinary. Ordinary. Uh, and look, you can't run in a benchmark and then expect to run into a group horse and beat them. So I- I'm trusting the form with the Dragons. And in saying that, based on the way I've tipped this year, the Dragons will probably get smashed by the Titans. So, well, But I'm tipping the Dragons. I'm a bit iffy because I know that Frizzell had an ankle problem and he had the cartilage, so he's a bit iffy to play. I like the fact that McCrone has been punted from the side and I expect Blake Laurie to take his spot and get his debut. I'm going to stick with the Dragons as well just because I think they're a little more desperate. Mm. Um, but honestly, with Tyron Roberts back in your side, with McQueen back in... Well, he was named last week. Too, I, I, like the look up or, I like the look of your lineup a bit better. And Parsi on the bench with Boyle and that. I think you've got a bit of size. Mm. But There's a lot of dumb footballers in the Titans side. but I can't so. trust you guys just yet. So I'm going, no, to go, I'm going to go with the fact that the, the Dragons want to play finals football, yeah. hopefully. Well, I'm going completely opposite. I'm going with the Titans. Um, I think Vaughan's obviously a massive loss. Um, and like you said, Frizzell is um, not usually held together with sticky tape. Um, and going off last weekend's games, uh, as a form guide, you'd have to pick the Titans. You know the funny thing? I already had half the letters written down before you tipped that. I was like, straight away, <laughs> this is what he does. He always swoops in on these games. And William Hill, they've got this one as a pick The odds are $1.91 apiece. Uh, it's half a point, the line in favour of the Dragons, 1-12, both sides, 3-10, 13-plus, both sides, $4.50. Well, the blockbuster and one that the Storm seem to have the wood on is the Brisbane Broncos versus the Storm at Suncorp. Uh, this one for the Broncos, there is Sims returning at prop, Asase back to the bench, Offahengawi moves into the reserves. Ben Hunt is still being named in the reserves. I find that a bit strange after last week. Uh, on the Melbourne side of things, all... Of the big three have been named and Will Chambers returns. Brody Croft, Curtis Scott and McLean on the extended bench. It wouldn't surprise me if Curtis Scott moved into the centres before Tonamapaya and McLean made it onto the bench. I'm going to stick with the Storm purely because they have the wood in this fixture and all those players had a week off. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if Brisbane won. I think the Storm will shellac the Broncos this weekend. That's my gut feeling, but uh, I'll tip them very confidently. I think there'll be a bit of a bounce back factor from that performance, even though they played very well, but it's been two uh, less than convincing finishes to the game. With the Origin players out, I understand that, but I think Craig Bellamy would have been cracking the whip this week and I expect them to to come out and blow the Broncos away. Yeah, I'm going uh, Storm as well. It's not often they have back-to-back losses to Storm and um, I think they'll turn that around this week. And with William Hill, they are the favourites away from home. A dollar seventy-five. The Broncos two ten minus two is the line. One to twelve Broncos three forty. One to twelve Storm three dollars. Thirteen plus Broncos five dollars. Three seventy-five. Thirteen plus for the Storm. Another cracker game. It is the Sharks versus the Roosters. Two of the sides right up the pointy end of the table uh, on the Rooster side of things. They're still one to seventeen, same as last week. So Cordner. Not in the extended squad, nor is Toki Aho. So that back row stays the same. Madison, Orbison, and Guerra. 
On the shark side, uh, obviously Braley is out. Mortimer has moved on, but I honestly think that New Brown's the best hooking option they have. So mm. I don't see that as a big loss. I really want to get on to the Roosters. I have a lot more faith in them, but at the same time, I think the Sharks played that poorly that they're going to want to bounce back, and they've got a better road record this year, much like Manly, than they do at home. So mm. I'm going to go with the Sharks, but not wow. with a whole lot of faith. Wow. No, I couldn't tip the Sharks. After what I saw on Sunday, they stunk. Uh, the Roosters, you know, they also stunk for 30-odd minutes, but I expect Robinson to have... Uh, well, he would have been happy with that result last weekend, but I don't think he would have been happy with the, the performance. So I think the Roosters will... Treat that as good as a loss, and they'll bounce bounce hard here. And uh, I don't know whether the Sharks can go with them based on what I've seen from Cronulla over the last few weeks. Yeah, Sharks look really disjointed last week and haven't really looked that crash up the past month. Uh, I'm going the Roosters. It'll be a massive confidence boost uh, beating the Storm in Golden Point down there. Um, yeah, you've got to go the Chooks. Yeah, well, I can't blame either of you. And William Hill agree. A dollar seventy-two the Roosters, two fifteen for the Sharks. Minus two is the line. One to twelve roosters, three dollars, three twenty-five. The sharks, thirteen plus. The roosters, three seventy-five and five fifty. The sharks, Manly versus the Warriors. This one wraps things up over there in Perth. Uh, looking at the Manly side of things, Curtis Sirian having a good year. Uh, he bows out with a pec injury. Lewis Brown moves into the starting spot and onto the bench. Cameron Cullen gets brought in. Uh, he's been really, really good in the New South Wales Cup. Uh, on the flip side there, Isaac Luke, Sam Lasone out, both been in pretty good form. Nathaniel Roach moves in to start. Kieran Foran uh, does return. This one, I'm going to just stick with Manly because their form has been really, really good. Uh, I expect that to continue, but from memory, I think the Warriors have got a pretty good record against them. But uh, Yeah, but yeah. I don't trust the Warriors away from yeah. New Zealand. I don't so. have enough trust either, and yeah, I'll, I'll no. stick with Manly. Manly. Yeah, I'm going Manly as well. I tipped the Warriors last week. They saved me, but they never went two in a row. Yeah, well, you're probably going to be right. Pick you up and let you down. William Hill definitely agree with that again. A dollar forty-six are Manly. Two seventy-five are the Warriors. Minus six and a half is the line. One to twelve Manly. Three dollars. Four dollars for the Warriors. Thirteen plus Manly. Two seventy-seven dollars for the Warriors. And sorry, that was just a Brock Quake. The big boom. What happened? You just hear the, the elbow drop, mate, into the microphone. That's all good. Uh, and we move on to the next one. It is the Raiders, whose season is on absolute life support at home against the North Queensland Cowboys, who put Penrith season on life support last week. Uh, Dave Taylor replaces Clay Priest. It's about time Big Dave found his way back in here, and Soliola starts pushing Bateman back to the bench on the Cowboys side of things. Tamari Martin comes straight into 5'8", replacing Kyle Labert, and uh, that's not really a surprise. Jesus. Take your hat and coat and piss off yeah. later, eh? Two games oh. in, uh, I thought he struggled, especially they hammered him last week defensively. They really went after him. He's built like a supermodel well, to kid. Did they not win the game? They did, but I thought wow. he just got absolutely hammered in D all day. So, mm. big side, the Canberra Raiders, and uh, he'd be copying Joey Leilu and Rapana all day. So, I mm. can see the thought and the move, but this is a must win. Uh, I have absolutely no confidence in them, but they have to win this game. Otherwise, their season, I think, is over. So, I'm going to tip the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to tip them too because I'm an idiot and they'll probably get beat. Look at us all fools. You're probably... T- who are you tipping, Gossip? I'm going to tip the Raiders as well. Yeah, only we're all idiots. Season. Yeah, we're all dopes. Um, <laughs> there's, no, there's no more bigger dope than BJ Leilua. How <laughs> race ups out of the line. Unbelievable. Well, I'll tell you I, what. I can't write. 
him and Blake Austin just need to knuckle on. Uh, but I can't blame BJ the other night. He went after him a couple of times. There was some poor decisions. Then Blake ran away from him when they had three players ready to score. Hmm. He wanted Blake's blood. So I think they just need to have He a, did. And then that's when he scored down the little short yeah. side. And he yelled at him again. He did. They need, to have, they need to have a bit of a bare knuckle, I think, because you're half supposed to feed the football. He took off on his own under-10 style back midfield and said, mm-hmm. I'll do it myself. So, But look, uh, you know what you're going to get out of the Cowboys in this game? And if the, if the Raiders are off, which have been off for most of the year... Yeah, they'll lose. They'll, they'll get beat. So, But you're just putting your faith in that they're going to show some desperation and yeah. season on the line. And Cowboys have had a good win last week, <clears throat> last week and uh, they've lost Thurston. So they've got excuses to lose, but... yeah. We'll see Not how, many excuses for the Raiders this week. See how it pans out. But William Hill, they also agree. It's last chance saloon for the Raiders. $1.53, $2.55 for the Cowboys. Minus 4.5 is the line. 1-12, the Raiders, $3. $3.75 for the Cows. 13-plus, the Raiders, $3. $6 for the Cows. Newcastle versus the Tigers. It's Spoon Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the one. I have full faith that things are going to go in favour of the Newcastle Knights. I think for one of the rare times this year, I don't think I've tipped them at all this year. I, I Maybe once, mm. but I'm going to tip them this week. Luke Yates is out, but Jamie Bura returns. I thought Ross oh, was pretty he? good. Bura. Yeah, but Jamie Bura, he returns. Ross at fullback, Gagai in the centres. Um, I'm pretty confident with this side. On the flip, you've obviously got Tedesco returning, and he does make a big difference, but at Newcastle... Last week would have absolutely broke their hearts. Their coaches come out and told the halves he could play faster than them. The gauntlet's been laid down. This is a last chance for them to win a game this season, I reckon. Oh. Spoon Bowl is on. I'm going Newcastle in Spoon Bowl. Mm. Yeah, I know I tip Newcastle when we wrote them down. I'm going to stick with Newcastle, but I like the look of the Tigers' side. Uh, I, I think this will be a good game to watch. I think they'll probably both open up. and This is going to be like a part play game some of football. Footy. I reckon good. 60, 70 points. I want to see them play some footy, man. Let's go. Oh, this 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 should be a good game. Is this Sunday over? Yeah, Even, yeah beautiful. Overs unders on errors. Let's on go. The... What what two o'clock kickoff? Oh. Overs unders errors. I want under. school holidays. I might have a few sherbets. Overs unders errors. Thirty, I reckon. <laughs> Let's go. Thirty yeah, errors well, plus. Thirty errors. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Well, can you bet on that? <laughs> oh, I wish I'd have a hundy on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm, look, I'm going the Knights as well, boys. Oh. I saw a stat somewhere during the week that if you you base their performances purely off half half time scores, they'd be fourth tonight. Well, yeah, really. Yep. Well, they've had eight half time leads that they've blown. Poor old Newcastle. So. Where'd you get that stat from? Homer Simpson didn't write no, it, did he? Pulled it from a bum somewhere. No, okay. I can see it somewhere. Really? I'm sure someone will tweet me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah. Oh, no doubt. They would be going off half time result. No doubt. There'll be some Twitter hate for you if that's wrong. Well, <laughs> all I'm going to say, like I said, this is the first time I've tipped them and the Tigers have burnt me so many times. Newcastle, please, don't let me down. Right. Well, they won this game last year, Newcastle. was and, their only win of the year. And you it? don't want the spoon again. All right? I don't want to get the spoon. Jeez, the if Tigers, they win this week, it's really going to set up a run home, isn't it, for the spoon? The Tigers deserve Who can the stink spoon. up the joint ball? <laughs> spoon <laughs> bowl. It, it is on. And I'm pretty sure the for and against is worse for Wests yeah. as well, so... Come on, Newcastle. Get on board. We've all tipped Newcastle, so they'll get rolled. Yeah. William Hill, they are the favourites. Just $1.80 at home. Wests, uh, all, the, all the Tigers, all the fencing people out there. They're 204. Minus one and a half is the line. One to 12 for the Knights. 310, 325 the Tigers. 13 plus the Knights. 425, 450 for the Tigers. And the last game of the round, it is the Penny Panthers. They are also on life support. Souths barely have a blip on the radar if they want to make a run. Mathematically still a chance, though. 
um, as far as they're concerned. Some of the changes that might have been quite positive. Fuimano and Crichton in the back row has been quite good, and Sam Burgess returns as well. And on the flip side for Penrith, they are unchanged from last week and um, purely tipping again on finals hopes. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Penrith, but not with a whole lot of confidence. Panthers, yeah, similar reasons to you, Louie. I tend to agree with a lot of what you said. So let's see what yeah. plays out. Yeah, I'm going the, the Penny Panthers as well, as well, boys. Panthers at home. I thought the defence wasn't too bad against the Cowboys, uh, but then again, the Cowboys really didn't throw a lot on them, did they? Let's be fair, but I'm going to go the Pennies. Yeah, well, basically the Cowboys with a couple of guys backing up, no JT, they held on for dear life and they found a way, but uh, Penrith and the Raiders last week, they both shit the bed, let's be honest, and any chance they have of stealing eighth spot has to start from here on out, so... Uh, we're all on the Panthers, and William Hill agree. A dollar sixty-five for the Panthers. South two twenty-six minus two and a half is the line. One to twelve, three dollars for the Panthers. Three fifty uh, for South. Thirteen plus for Penrith. Three forty and five fifty for South. But overall, in the tips, we're pretty similar this week. Except gossip, you've got the Titans solo. Uh, I've gone the Sharkies solo, and that's it. There's not a whole lot of difference. So. Have to see how things pan out there. But, mate, fingers crossed, Panthers keep the flickering heartbeat that is their season alive. And Boxhead, I suppose the Titans have a, a flicker of hope as well, but we're both probably willing to put the pen through them. They're gone. They're gone. Go on. Go on. Either way, let's just hope all our teams win this weekend, boys, and we get to see some good footy. That's it, mate. And obviously, uh, just a quick plug at the end here for Mr. Gossip, who's had man flu for three weeks now. We, we called for a sponsor from <laughs> Cold Drill, Cold and Flu, multiple times, but if you want to hit us back up, hit us on the Twitter handle, either at fifth and last or NRL Gossip, all right? He's uh, he's looking for a bit of sponsorship here. Yes, mate, that'd be lovely. I'd uh, love Codril to get on board, help a brother out. Only the real shit, though, with Sudafed in it. We don't know all that fake stuff. Jesus, there could be a lot of things yeah. said here. <laughs> why, why are you asking for a Codril bloody sponsorship with Sudafed in it? Jesus. Come Have on. a go at you two, drug lords. Just, just trying to help out the man flu. He's <laughs> three weeks. He's mm. Yeah, a couple of crates. He's in the man shed. He's couple cold. of crates in the man shed. <laughs> Jesus. There's a weird smell <laughs> coming from the man shed, Mum. What is it? Yeah. Breaking bad. It's happening. Yeah, bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, Heisenberg it, gossip. Heisenberg gossip. <laughs> Love it. Especially the raincoats that they wear. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, champion. Well, cheers as usual for uh, all the inside stuff, and uh, hopefully our teams get a win this weekend. Fingers crossed, lads, and I'll see you next week. No worries, mate. Have a good one. And that wraps us up for another massive week here on the fifth and last NRL podcast. Over two hours tonight. So much to talk about, so much to cover, but those fan questions absolutely make things blow up. So thank you again uh, for all your questions and any feedback. Uh, it's really appreciated. Make sure you go into iTunes, rate and review the show. We really appreciate your listens. We've had some huge numbers this year and things just keep on getting better and better. But set of six, fan questions, game reviews, it's all been done. You've had the gossip, you've had everything, and we have to give a big thank you as always to WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Don't live in the past with the other dinosaurs. Bet live with William Hill. Best odds, great offers on the NRL and all sports, and obviously the main thing, as we always do, we try to give back. They help us out with that. Our charity account, we bet for a charity. Each year, we try to raise some funds. This year, it is the Great Walk Foundation. Uh, we've hit a bit of bit of a slump more recently. We've, we lost in Golden Point with that Cowboy Storm game. Uh, New South Wales were our bet this week. Just to win 1-12, they blew that one. We've had four Golden Point losses in total this year, so 
bit of a form slump. Uh, we haven't picked a bet for this week, but hopefully we get back on the winning horse for the Great Walk Foundation. Uh, they support local charities and hospitals around Greater Western Sydney, Blue Mountains and Hawkesbury area. If you want to visit their website or Facebook page, it is a fantastic cause, www.greatwalkfoundation.com.au. And a new sponsor, again, in raising money uh, at a lunch we did the other week for the Great Walk Foundation. We sold an ad on the show for the rest of this year and next year to raise money for the Walk Foundation. We ended up selling it, I think, for $1,500. So a fantastic effort and a great contribution to the charity. It was Richmond Residential, so thank you very much for them uh, supporting the uh, the great cause that is the Great Walk Foundation. And just a plug for them, Richmond Residential, they are a strategic financial management consultancy. They deliver a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for the commercial and non-commercial financial sectors. They offer things such as financial strategy, home equity loans, commercial loans, financial management mortgage restructuring, home loans, debt consolidation, leasing finance, broker services, refinancing, real estate investment, superannuation, property sourcing, new purchases, you name it, rich and residential are the absolute kings in strategic financial management. Its professionals have a strong client focus and their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want. Contact them today on 0288 Two four four thousand. Follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn, or book your complimentary strategy session and visit them at Suite Four Fifteen of Thirty Three at Lexington Drive, Bella Vista, New South Wales. Postcode two one five three. Richmond Residential. They want to work with you and for you to get you where you want to be. So a big thank you to them again. Um, yeah, just a great cause, the Great Walk Foundation, and thanks to them for donating that money. Fingers crossed everyone out there that listens that we get back on the winning bed wagon for the charity this week and for everybody out there. We really hope you enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.